What's up, everybody? It is Monday, February 7th, 2022. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. We're about to hop on a plane, head to L.A., where we'll be doing the show for the rest of the week. Bunch of guests, bunch of surprises, some giveaways. It'll be a good time. Today's a good show. Kirk Herbstreet, Ian Rappaport, and, of course, A.J. Hawk. Let's get into it. We head out to the City of Stars. The Angels, the Super Bowl home this afternoon, this evening. We'll be back there. Uh, We'll be there tomorrow all the way through Saturday. We have a little bit of an update, though, for those that were potentially thinking about joining us out there at Radio Row, the convention center in Los Angeles for the next few days as we lead up to Super Bowl, in which we'll see the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams have it out to see who's the king of the mountain. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was saying here for the last couple weeks, Hey, there is an audience section. Mm-hmm. Come see us. Yes. Yeah, come on. see us. Enjoy it. There's not. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just found this out last night. There is no fans allowed Monday through Wednesday of Super Bowl week. Then Thursday, Friday of Super Bowl week for the, you know, Radio Row, which is supposed to be radio, I believe. Fans are only allowed in the building from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. local time. We are done 1 p.m. local time. So when you start doing the math, you go, oh, so there's literally no time that any fans are even allowed whenever we're live. That would be a conversation ender for most people, but not around here we said we have to put on a show with at least some fans in the stands yeah. we have to put on a show with at least some people so thursday 4 p.m local in la 7 p.m eastern we will be having an after hours special live from the fan duel stage the same place we'll be doing the show tuesday wednesday thursday right. and friday right. morning local in la we'll be having an after hour special on thursday that is guaranteed to surprise yeah. Yeah. it'll be a big show we'll be giving things away and we'll be live hopefully in front of some people there at the convention center we can't wait to get out there and talk about all things happening around the nfl including the pro bowl that was yesterday what a waste of time thank you pro bowl hey shout out to the players making the pro bowl we're very proud of you You, uh, put in a lot of hard work to get to this point to be recognized by your peers fans coaches media whoever else all votes for that thing is obviously a big deal we need to stop wasting everybody's time with that goddamn game though Mm -hmm. and i understand that expectations were low for those games because these guys guys now know the importance of health they know how much money is on the line and also most of them are already into their offseason having a good old time why are we going to waste any energy in this game in which we can maybe win fifty thousand dollars a lot of money let's not make it but it's is it worth the 10 15 million dollar contract that's maybe on deck or what they're going to get paid next year to play actual football so you can't blame the guys for not trying at all and giving little to no effort Except for Michael Parsons, hey, he was right, going hard. Hell yeah! Even on the even on the kneel down play. All right, I'm assuming there's going to be some guys that be like Ryan Kelly didn't seem to be exactly thrilled. The no. center of the AFC team who was snapping it to Mac Jones, who while Mac Jones was like getting excited in the huddle for winning the Pro Bowl, AFC won. I picked that one and zero on the weekend. The fact that Ryan Kelly like pointed at him and well, I guess he was like, "Hey, Mike is going to be a fucking asshole on this," and he was. Mm-hmm. That'll get handled. But moving forward, we just need to be skills challenges and good times. I, I'm happy we're past the Pro Bowl. We're into the Super Bowl, but that's embarrassing. That mm-hmm. game is embarrassing. The guys don't. They they know it's embarrassing, but there's nothing they can do about it. The AFC gets a big win. No punning, really. No, it was messed yeah. up. Vrabel took a lot of pride in that, too. 
I say, I told him on Wednesday, we ain't fucking punting or whatever. Way to go, Vrabes. All right? And I told uh, Vrabes, and I don't know if he got the message or not, I said, you might get some hate mail, some hate tweets, some hate texts, because people wanted to see the yeah. punting. They yeah. wanted to see the kicking. And when A.J. Cole, the AFC's Pro Bowl punter, did an interview, that was actually the most electrifying part of the entire game. Imagine if he was allowed to go on the goddamn field. Woo! Come on. Nonetheless, it was quite a weekend of Olympic athletics, the Pro Bowls. Mm -hmm. Some heavy cancellations. Yeah, uh, big time. That was one of the most uncomfortable videos I've ever seen in my entire life. And as somebody that didn't listen to JRE, but understood that it was a thing and had respect for the business that was built by him. I mean, the amount of money that Joe was able to make and uh, the influence he was able to have in the interviews, I think I always respected from an internet base. I did not know he was throwing around that, which seemed to be very recent, by the way. That video was alarming to watch, uncomfortable to watch. This is now going to turn into an entire conversation about should uh, should he be canceled from Spotify? Then people are going to cancel Spotify because they're going to support free speech. That's not free speech, though. I don't I don't know. It's just uh, I, I don't think people that potentially say that word um, have never been around like an actual black community. I just think personally, that is my experience for the entire thing. Most people that say it, whether they're rapping songs and they like, no, no, it's okay, I'm rapping a song, whatever. Well, it's okay, I guess, if you've never been around a potential ass beating coming from said word coming out because of the potential damages. It's just wild weekend for sure. Excited that the Super Bowl is here. Yeah. Excited to be going out to LA and... Uh, Excited for the world that is. I mean, it's a wild time to be alive. Oh, and, yeah. And sports are going to be a beautiful thing to hopefully bring everybody together. That Olympics, I know everybody's pissed off by where it's at, mm -hmm. but our athletes have put in a lot of fucking work to get there. And it is a shame that there's probably some little girl in America right now that is a figure skating, you know, enthusiast. Right. Protégé. And to be good at figure skating, you're probably going to wake up like 4 or 5 a.m., Go on the ice, do your thing. You're stretching all the time. Mm -hmm. It is probably not a fun thing. And if you make it, you might make some money if you win a gold medal or, uh, or silver or, yeah, or right. anything like that. You might make some money. Most of the time, you're making no cash, working your ass off in hopes of making it to the Olympics. So it takes a special person to make the Olympics, especially in the modern world that we're in where money can be made in a lot of different fashions. So to de dedicate yourself to something a exercise or a sport that is not very popular except for once every four years and you're going to make no money. I have the utmost respect for our athletes and the athletes that do that. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to watch this thing. With that being said, the women's figure skating thing is on lock for the next 30 years. Uh -oh. That's not good. The Russians got a 15-year-old. Oh. oh, what is this? They say phenom. They say prodigy. Oh, Weir said, and he said, I've seen a lot of figure skating. He said, this is the greatest figure skater I've ever seen, he said. Whoa. So me and my wife are watching. We're like, chill the fuck out, huh? <laughs> Can we talk a little bit more pro-American on some of these broadcasts? And also, I don't need a commentator telling me everything that's wrong with what I'm watching. Tell me everything that's right. This used to happen with the X Games. I'd turn on the X Games, and I'd see somebody do some insane 790 McTwisty death drop thing. Mm -hmm. Okay? And then all of a sudden, you hear the commentator go, uh, could have held it a little longer. <laughs> Should have done that. It's like, I don't fucking know that. <laughs> yeah. The people that are watching have no idea. So I'm watching these sports that I know nothing about. I watch every four years. I'm pumped for the American athlete that has given their mm -hmm. entire life to get to this point. And most of these commentators feel as if, I don't know if they feel like they have to tell the truth amongst their little uh, community in that sport or whatever, but they're... 
Just put them over. Yeah. Put over what they're doing instead of pointing out every negative. There was no negatives. About 15-year-old Camilla Valieva. Okay. She is unstoppable on the ice. You're talking about being taller, more athletic, more dramatic, because that's a figure skating sure, thing, than everybody. So if you're a little girl and you're planning on figure skating, do something else. Play hockey. Yeah, the Russians got us. The Russians got everybody Damn. with Camilla Valieva. And that's what I learned this weekend. I'm supposed to do one of those uh, ski squirrel suit jump things. Oh, or yeah. Downhill or whatever. Um, shout out to Jalen uh, Locke, I believe her name was. Jalen, Jalen. For the moguls. Koff. Koff. Yeah. Jalen Koff, <laughs> the uh, silver medalist for the moguls. I mean, we are not great at a lot of these sports. I'm no. Really this really isn't our thing. Well, There's somebody from Estonia that performed better than the Americans, and they have zero peaks of above 1,000 feet or something like that. We got 15 of them oh, yeah. over 40, like in Denver or whatever. I feel like we should be better at the Winter Olympics. We are not. That's been a little disappointing at Ty Schmidt. Yeah, that's what's been tough. Is that If you're just popping in and trying to watch one of the events, there's a very good chance you're not seeing a fucking American up there. You know, it's like, okay, we got another, you know, Austrian. We got another person from Germany. We got Russians. another person from Russia. Yeah. We got oh, Well, there's an American who is competing for China, actually. Yeah, I saw that. Really? Yeah, yeah and, the, and she's very good. Very, very good. 18-year-old girl from California representing oh. China because her mom is from Beijing. Okay. Her dad's from San Francisco, I believe. Oh. She's a ski uh, jump twisty McTwist thing. Mm -hmm. She's very talented, very good. She's representing China, but yet you don't see a lot of – you're not seeing a lot of Americans. There's not, two Americans. There's an 18 – I think there's another um, – Figure skater from America representing China as well. Wow. Over there. Isn't there a wrestler doing it too? Uh, yeah. Seen like 18 time world champion or something. Nah. Oh, come on. Boston Connor uh, is here <laughs> with his toxicity. <laughs> At Tone Diggs is here. Anyways, the Olympics, I was watching it because there's really nothing else to watch. Tried to watch that uh, NASCAR race. Those cars were too big for that track. Yeah, yeah. it was too Can't small. Too, I too small. I understand everybody in NASCAR world was tweeting me like, Pro Bowl stinks. Why don't you pop over to the LA Coliseum, the Boosh Light Clash? <laughs> So I did. I popped over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, these cars, this seems to be out of a movie mm -hmm. where the cars are way too big for the goddamn track. <laughs> yeah. And I know Logano got a win. Congrats, hey, Logano. Hey, go, Logano. And I know, uh, yeah, Paisan Logano. And I know <laughs> that after uh, lap 35, he was able to get a good take on Kyle Busch because KY was leading that thing. Yeah. You know why KY was leading that thing? Because KY drives like a dick. That's so right. whenever it's a small track, big cars, the dick driver probably going to win Hell yeah. because he's not going to be scared to go ahead and mix it up. He might end up on the 50-yard line as he's trying to go down each sideline of the L.A. Coliseum. It was a football field that they put a NASCAR quarter-mile track way too small. Mm. But they were talking and raving about it. They were buzzing about it. Congrats, Logano. Although Kyle Busch was supposed to win that thing. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of other things happening around the world. And joining us now early, although it's 13 minutes in, I do feel bad. It does tie in perfectly <laughs> because big news of the week, Aaron Rodgers was visiting with the Cleveland Browns this weekend. Yeah, he was what? seen in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Yep, he was seen in Ohio okay. next to a random woman yeah. and kids at a youth basketball game. To give us more information, a man who is from Ohio in his attic currently, college football national championship. Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, AJ Hawk. AJ, I know you didn't get a chance to see much of the Olympics. I know you probably didn't get to see the Pro Bowl. Did you see Aaron Rodgers next to a random woman at a youth basketball game in Ohio? And what was that all about? 
I was able to see that uh, thanks to General Bob Carpenter for reposting, I think, a picture <laughs> putting it out there. Oh, yeah. Know. I mean, Aaron, Aaron seemed to be taking in some high-level fifth-grade girls basketball, I think. Well, we had ears in the auditorium or the gymnasium in which mm-hmm. that game was being played. They said in that same fifth-grade basketball game that Aaron was sitting next to, a very random woman right. watching. Uh, one of the coaches was calling out plays for the team, and one of the team, uh, one of the plays was called football so the coach of the fifth grade basketball team was screaming football 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 what do you happen to know any basketball plays titled football and we Did someone are, really tell you that yes yeah we actually that is a play we have <laughs> yeah. hey i never called that out though the girls brought that to me like they've ran this little handoff play that they called oh. out so maybe i yelled football a few times yeah that's one of our players okay so aaron wow. that was your fifth grade basketball game he was at that one might have been, yeah, he was at a few different kids' basketball games. He was at my youngster's game earlier, too. Okay, yeah. so he was with you. He wasn't visiting Cleveland Browns, just taking out? No, he was, well, he was here, and then all of a sudden we'd go in, okay, we're going to dinner at 8, and went in there to his room, and he left a note. Sorry, I had to run to Cleveland quick. Quick, I'll be back later. <laughs> Whoa. And then he showed up, like, at midnight with, like, I think he had a Browns hat he tried to hide in his back pocket. But, yeah, he was there. Okay, so oh, I don't shit. know if we should put that on the ticker or not, because I don't know if. Uh... No, he would. He would. If he was talking to anyone in Cleveland, he didn't let me know. But he was at your house. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Why? You let that immunized son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that. He better been masked the whole time. Yeah. yeah. yeah did he, he, was, hey, yeah. Huh? he was. He was masked most of the time, I think. Well, right? most of the time. The picture yeah. he is, yeah. It only takes one second. Oh, uh, that's really cool, though. What is he doing? So he flew. Well, you hold your breath. So I've learned that as well. Through <laughs> Shout out. You just got to hold your breath, which that's is what right. we need to do in L.A. Yep. Yeah. Listen, yeah. all week. Time. We're the mask. I can hold my breath for a long time, man. I, you know, I love the water. I love going underwater and holding my breath. So it'll be a good test for us out there. Well, that's what I'm saying. You either are masked or you're holding your goddamn breath. You, you hear it. me? You oh, got yeah. it. You got it. we're going to save the world out there. Have anyway, to. so you're saying he flew out to your house just to watch your kids' basketball games? There was no other intent? He was just hanging out with you guys? Yeah, he didn't come strictly to watch basketball. Oh. Like, yeah, he, he usually comes in uh, in the offseason at some point, and this time it worked out before he went back to California. So, yeah, he was here for a while. Like, I, when I said, hey, I had a plan for my kids on Friday, it was him. He watched all four of my kids during the show. My wife was out of town. Oh, that's very nice of him. Wow. Wow. That never gets said. He better have had a mask on with yeah. those kids. Oh, God. Oh, my oh, he had a hazmat. We made him wear a hazmat suit. Nice. That's good. good. Dad, dad of the year. Dad, go. Go. Maybe AJ. dad of the year. Uh, he's back in California. Is, uh, is he excited for all the Super Bowl stuff? And is he? have you and he chatted about all the speculation about his future, obviously, over the last couple of days while he's staying at your house? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, oh, I don't like go. dig into specifics about all the football. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So, AJ, listen. What I, what I, like I said before, though, like I said before, I don't think anybody knows anything. I really don't. I, he's not sitting there broadcasting any of what he's what's going on. But I think the one thing I would take away from being around him all weekend for multiple days and talking to him a lot, like he seems to be in a great place. He seems to be very like happy with where he's at, whatever decision he does make, whatever he's got going on. He seems to be like, he's, I mean, yeah, he seems to be great. Now, obviously, you're in a terrible position, and we continue to put you in that type of situation. I don't care. Hey, man, I don't care. We were like, we meant to FaceTime you a few times. Well, I'm happy then. I was on cloud 55 this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the longest NFL season of all time. We actually was- texted you during, before SmackDown a few times. We turned it on early. I missed, sorry, I missed the, uh, the, the pants combo and hey credit to michael cole for throwing a jab at me too he is very quick that was great that was fantastic and i'll tell you that smackdown show you know pretty good it was an yeah, interesting pretty good. Pretty good. interesting show for sure that's the most interesting show i've ever been a part of 
Most, the most interesting show I've ever been a part of. Me and Cole actually talked during a lot of the, the breaks during the show, believe it or not. And there was a lot of, this is an interesting show. I remember <laughs> this one forever. This, this is we might talk about this show forever. Uh, so whenever we finally got to an A.J. Hawk reference, you know, I think there was levels. I think Michael Cole was already potentially, mm-hmm. ah. he was potentially already, uh-huh. he was on the next show. Uh-huh. Sure. Road sure. WrestleMania. Yeah, we're on the road. You're right. Come what on. What is going on? Yeah. We need some stuff. Goldberg came back. Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's awesome. Awesome. Goldberg's awesome. Where's Gilberg, though? Well, Gilberg. I think he's okay. Unfortunately, he did not. <laughs> he's doing just fine. What? Whoa, whoa. What are you? We are not having a moment of silence for Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. Unless he... Nothing. Do you what know you something about, we Tony? don't know? Tony, you're saying a lot of shit early here today, huh? What, is well, this I, how we're starting a Super Bowl week? We're lying about Gilbert? I, I'd like to be positive once I get to LA, so you got to get the fuck out right now. Smart. Indiana toxicity yeah. cannot make its way west. Exactly. Well, I don't know about that. Because you bring toxicity out there, they'll put you in jail for four to five weeks. Get it all out. But let's talk about you talking there. And you don't think retirement is ever, do you think still, you think that's maybe something or no? Uh, like I, you know, I took this stance last year. Like, I don't think he's going to retire. He's too good. I, I still hold that stance. Okay. So put that on. Yeah, if, we go. if we're going to, we'd I don't think he yeah. knows. Though. I don't think he knows one way or the other, what he's going to do. But like I said before, like I tell him directly to his face. So, oh, you're going to retire? If anyone tries to say, like, when we ask him on here, if he's going to retire or whatever, I always tell him, just like I don't hear, no, you're not. Like, you're, you're too good to retire. You love football. Like, you're going to play. Well, he loves competition. Who knows where else he could find it? Maybe he's thinking about being able to find it in other places. His decision, his decision. Is he dating a woman in Ohio? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bobby. So, yeah, the lady he was sitting next to, uh, I believe in one of the pictures of my wife. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Wow. Rock. Wow. She's all over the internet, all over the place. Yeah, yeah she loves that. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, she's not really on the internet, so she doesn't really know. Or she like she knows because she got sent a picture from one of our friends that's oh look at Bob. Here, here you go, Bob getting some pub by reposting that. <laughs> okay, so let's talk. I love that they're I guess if Bob's going to get posted, yeah. Yeah. if Bob's going to get love out of it, we're Better cool with eat, it. Bob. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> Let all your jokes fly, Bob. That's awesome. We love, uh, obviously, your wife's an incredibly cool person. We love Bob Carpenter. We like the fact that Aaron Rodgers was there. I assume he made the Pro Bowl, this guy. Mm-hmm. He yeah. opted out of the Pro Bowl. Why is that? Is he not healthy? Why didn't he want to go Probably. out there and play in Las know. Vegas? I don't know. Uh, I think he told him early on, you know, I think that uh, he's probably rehabbing multiple other things. He's, he was moving around fine. We didn't work out. We didn't go out in the yard and run routes in the 18 inches of snow we had. But, Why? but yeah, he, he seems to be doing all right. Um, that Pro Bowl was terrible. And listen, I had you, can't have, like, you can't play half-speed uh, football. I had you know, some, you just, that's just how it works. I had somebody tweet me. They're like, this is a glorified uh, shell spirit. I was like, I disagree. This is a dulled down shell spirit. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, isn't that's... even, it wasn't even a shell. Shell is, by the way, shoulder pads, shorts. Uh, that is practice. There's like, there's still big time. You can, you bang big time in shells. Bang. Offensive line, defensive line. There are moments in shells where they are going because the only thing that isn't full pads is the pants. So I think guys just liked it because you're able to put on shorts, and I guess it meant you're not going all the way to the ground. Just feels so much better. It does feel so much better when you don't have to wear those re- restrictive pants in practice. It does something to free you up mentally. I think. Well, and also you're not going all the way to the ground ever in shells, right? No, you shouldn't. I mean, if you're a good team, you're not. Yeah. So shells, though, there are still some pops. So Big time. I, a lot of people on the internet were like, "This is a shells practice. This is shells." 
That was a skelly. That was a that was a beanies on head walkthrough with pads on. And I can respect it out of the players, by the way, AJ. I respect it. Listen, there's a lot of money on the line. We all know a lot more things. Who knows how hydrated everybody on that field was? Yeah. Vegas for a Pro Bowl. I couldn't even couldn't even fathom it. Obviously, there was a situation after the game yes. in which I assume somebody said absolutely nothing to Alvin Kamara. Right. And Alvin Kamara just uh, or didn't absolutely. Did nothing. that happen? But did this happen before the game, and and then it came to light after the game? How did that work? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I was Good very man. intrigued by it all. Were they celebrating after the game? Uh, but he was on a losing team. He should be. It seemed pretty quick though. Like it was like 5:50 p.m. So I'm like, could it have happened between the game and then, or is it the night before? Hmm. No, I don't know. But the yeah. Pro Bowl is a good time. If somebody's been there, there's a lot of boozing at the Pro Bowl. I mean, it's like a, uh, it's almost like spring, like a spring break mm-hmm. Ooh. for NFL guys. You get a chance to meet a lot of people. I'm not saying everybody's a booze hound. Obviously, Mac Jones <laughs> was on top of his game all week. That's right. right. Crushing Mac it. Jones won the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Love Mac Jones. I'm a big fan of Mac Jones because I believe once he gritted, he actually said, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I think. It wasn't on the right camera, which I love. I like the shit talk. He and Chandler Jones, I think, were getting along very mm-hmm. well. Him and all his teammates seem to have a good time. Mac Jones won the Pro Bowl in my eyes. By far. And Renfro, I mean, that throw to Renfro, you can see him in a New England Patriots uniform in, what, 18 months probably let's be real okay so i mean who knows if that's the way anybody else is thinking aside from the mass holes that love the patriots but that pro bowl is a big time get together have good time crew and the fact that it was in vegas as well i was worried about the hydration level of the boys out there and i think they were as well that's why they weren't going as fast uh, it might be you don't want to pop a hammy because that's that's when it happens days like that but the good thing is though they're in vegas so hopefully they have like set up the mobile iv clinics that came to the locker room Mm -hmm. maybe you know hook the guys up yeah and there's another thing to think about let alone getting hurt long term but if you tweak anything and you got two to three weeks of rehab on an injury that you sustained in the pro bowl and that eats into the what two months that you have off basically there is just zero thought for any of these players to try hard and i understand it i get it i know why they don't want to but we can't just have them keep trotting out there on the fucking field and putting that no. on the field. That can't happen. Like, there has to be ways around this. There has The NHL does their little gimmicky three-on-three thing, and the Metro won, by the way. How you doing? Oh, that's, that's Pittsburgh right. Penguins, by the way. That's Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, that's Pittsburgh, that's Pittsburgh Penguins, by the way. Best fucking division in all of hockey. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Penguins. How are, are they doing? Are they doing good? Well, a little schneid. We won 17 on the last 26. 17 on the last 26. Yeah, pretty good. It matters after the All-Star break. It was 17 and 19, by the way. But I think all these other sports, they do their All-Star games in the middle of the season because it's commercial to say, hey, we exist. Yeah, right? Like true. the NHL has their All-Star game in the middle of it, and they're hoping to have all their best players there, and it can be a great commercial. Like, hey, here we go. All- great point. That's a great point I didn't think of because if it's after the season, how is anyone tuning in? Bingo. So they do Hockey does it, basketball does it, baseball does it. They do it in the middle of the season to let everybody on earth know that our season is happening. And by the way, after All-Star break is always the most important stuff. So it's like a blast off, a kickoff. Here's our league's best. And then we're just about to get into the best part of our season as well. It's beautiful marketing. It's good marketing. But I don't think guys are giving much effort in those as well because if they get hurt, they're fucked. Now, there's there's little spectacular skills challenge. The NHL, that dude who did the dodgeball blindfolded, oh, he didn't win. Didn't win. Didn't win. And he was like number four or five on SportsCenter Top 10 when a basic dunk had number three. I'm like... I don't think anybody fully understands what the fuck dude just did in the media world. But the NFL doesn't need that, right? The NFL isn't doing it to let people know that there's still a season. They're not doing it to let people know the Super Bowl's next week. Why not just 
completely reshape that thing and have a much different experience for the players, for the coaches, for the fans, for the game, for the league. I just feel like that is something that needs to go back to the drawing board. Especially when you look at it now, too. Like most of these guys who are playing, that their seasons have been over for like a month plus. Like a lot of those guys are going on vacation, right? It's not like you're training and like getting ready for the Pro Bowl. Like a lot of times these guys are probably coming back in and it's like, hey, there is a good chance these guys get hurt if they're not doing what they did yesterday. Well, and Tyreek Hill is doing Stone Cold Wild over there at the NHL All-Star game, which I love. I assume Tyreek was the only one doing that. Oh, Uh yeah. Yeah, and then people are like, why aren't they going hard? It's like, I don't know. They were drunk probably until 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Yeah. Las Vegas. They're celebrating. They're having a good time. <laughs> they just need to reshape that entire thing. Joining us now is a man whose big old brain will probably be covering the NFL at some point. Mm-hmm. We can hope. Yeah, fingers crossed. The league needs this guy because he and Fowler are the greatest college football mm-hmm. announcers the world has ever seen. The face of college football. The incredibly handsome Ohio guy. Kirk Herbst. Sup, dude? How we doing? Hey, not as good as you. Look at you, just getting back from a dog walk out there in the snow. What do you got going on? My man, right here. I'm driving back to Nashville. My man is—he's—he's uh, he's already an hour in. He's had enough. <laughs> What's his name? That's Ben. What up, Ben? Hey, thanks for being on the show, thanks, Ben. Hey, 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 hey. Lay, lay. Good dog. Good dog. Yeah, exactly. I'm like. I forgot you got Elk Pride on here. Yeah, I mean, Centerville Elks, two of Centerville Elks' finest, one who retired the other. Uh, Kirk, we always talk about this story. Can you refresh us? Did AJ purposefully headhunt you and knock you out as a sophomore in high school in that alumni game, do you think? Is that how you saw that whole thing playing out? Well, if we would have had the tape rolling, they would have reviewed that, and he would have been ejected. He went top of the helmet into my temple and i officially shut football out of my life <laughs> dude's got a heavy head he just it's like concrete it's just a big strong and he was only what were you about 15 16 years old yeah i think i was young? 15 there going into my sophomore year yeah 14 15. <laughs> yeah he, he came in with bad intentions well Kirk, you were you were a grown man though Kirk was a grown man out there. I was trying to protect myself. I got Kirk brought some buddies too. I think there's a couple of Ohio State helmets out there. I'm like, man, someone's gonna kill me. Like, I gotta, I gotta fly around this field. By, by the way, his older brother, yeah, I know you met Ryan, was an absolute baller. I mean, AJ, I know we know about AJ, but his older brother, man, I think he was the the best quarterback to ever play at our high school. He was, he was a good player. Have what? you met him? No, I've never met him. He's not better than Kirk Herbstreit. we got to call you back, by the way. It's not a good connection on our side. We will call you back immediately because we – hey, we can't laugh at yeah. stories yeah, whenever connections awful. like that. Mm-hmm. So you did try to kill him. And by the way, your face, whenever he complimented the size and heaviness of your head, that was the best yeah. compliment you've ever received, it felt like. I was going to say that, but it was too choppy. I didn't want to mess up his audio. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he- thank you. I mean, why doesn't AJ give his brother any flyers? I didn't know Ryan Hawk was the superstar of oh, Centerville. Yeah. yeah, but he doesn't have the heaviest head to ever come through Centerville. He's quarterback, That's true. yeah. He's got, he's got a heavy, thick head, too, but he was a quarterback. Uh, so you're saying he's soft or what? No, not at all. He's just built differently than me. How come we don't know about Ryan Hawk? Yeah. How come we don't talk about him enough? 
I don't know. He's got a second book coming out here very soon. Oh, too. the guy's an author. Oh, oh my god. god! Taking photos like this. The way he said that, though, I can tell AJ hates his brother. I didn't know that. No, <laughs> no, Ryan's a good guy. Complete. I mean, obviously, Connor. That's garbage. But yeah, I have a very good relationship with both my older brothers. I remember he completed like a forty-eight yard pass at an Iowa game I went to when I was like eight years old. Big Ben was starting. Ryan Hawk came in, and completed a fucking bomb. I don't know if it was a touchdown, but well, I remember that. Joining awesome. us now. Ryan Hawk's biggest advocate, thank God, voice of college football, Kirk Herbstreit. Herbie, what's up, dude? How we doing, guys? How we doing? Uh, I think it's on us, but we'll get through it. Hey, Herbie, let's talk about this. Obviously, you uh Centerville guy, Ohio guy. The Cincinnati Bengals make it to the Super Bowl. It is a young crew, a crew that you got to cover a lot in college and talk about. What is so special about this team? Do you think it's the fact that they don't know what they don't know? They have this unwavering moxie. What do you think it makes this team so special? And is this for years to come, you think, the beautiful city of Cincinnati? I think first thing you got to start with, everybody's excited, you know, in Ohio. And I think anybody watching the NFL is excited with what the Bengals have done. But I, I followed the Bengals since the late 70s. And, and you and I were texting a little bit back and forth. I would argue after Paul Brown passed and, and Mike Brown took over, I would argue that, that over the last 25 or 30 years, the, the Bengals have been right in that discussion for one of the one of the worst franchises in all of professional sports you know it was, it was the the guys that very few wanted to go to as a free agent it was the franchise that when you got drafted to that 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 team there was some angst and some frustration um think about carson palmer that dude was ready to just shut it down before he had to come back and play again and yet Corey dillon who was a running back that, that was ready to retire he ended up going to new england and there are a lot of players over the years that have been fighting to get out of that of playing for that organization. And so you're going to tell me in 2021 and 2022 that they're not only in the Super Bowl, but they're now a cool brand. Like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I think that's more impressive than the fact that they're in the Super Bowl, is that they've made the Cincinnati Bengals logo. Like you can wear a Bengals hat and be in LAX or be anywhere in the country, and people are going to look at you like, oh, well, what's up? Whereas before, it was like wearing, I, I don't know, Orlando Magic hat. <laughs> Sacramento <laughs> Kings? Sacramento Kings. I mean, you name it, right? And it was bad as – you guys tell me, because you follow – who was at that level of mediocrity for so long? Uh, mediocrity, that's – Above the Lions. Lions, yeah, Lions were a little bit below me. The Lions are the worst sport franchise in all sports. <laughs> by far and away. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but but honestly, I would I would put the Bengals in that discussion. And all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, you got Joey Burrow and winning playoff games and on the road at Nissan at, over in Nashville. They go to Kansas City against Mahomes, and nobody's gonna beat Mahomes. And they beat them, and it's just the flair that he has to go along with his game. You know, those of us who followed him very, very closely in college knew about, you know, this guy, and, and, and almost like an assassin. He's not just a good player. He's got a, a different kind of approach as a quarterback, more of a line approach. You know, a you know, quick story about him. Um, when I was covering LSU in 2019, the year they went on to win the national championship, I was sitting around with, with – uh, Jefferson, the receiver, and Chase, and all these guys that ended up becoming great players. And I was like, let me know. You guys beat Texas. You're, you're winning in the SEC. We didn't know yet they were going to win at all. 
I go, tell me about how Joe leaves Ohio State and how did he win you guys over? And they said, man, first day of practice, he came out. Devin White was our middle linebacker and the alpha of our team. And Devin White and a team drill hit him late. And instead of just taking the hit, he hit him back and got into a huge melee, ended the practice, big brawl, offense against defense. And he's like, that day, that we looked at him, was like, that's our quarterback. And so you don't find most quarterbacks taking on Devin White as the new guy on campus other than Joe Burrow. And if you would ask AJ or me or anybody who followed him when he was at Ohio State, no one knew any of these characteristics because of JT Barrett and then Dwayne Haskins. So he had to go to LSU for, for us to really see what he had in him from an intangible standpoint. So his game's ridiculous, but it's what's in his heart to me and the flair that he plays the game with that I think makes him so unique. He's a dog. Love yeah, he, he's, yeah, guys respond to him. It seems like he, he just has whatever that is. But what about his head coach, Zach Taylor? Now, the, ter- the turnaround this team has had, obviously, since Joe got there is unbelievable. Do, like, does, does Zach Taylor deserve more credit? I feel like he kind of flies under the radar because he is he's not like a huge personality, but he could have messed this thing up too, and they're still in the Super Bowl, and he has to be a big reason of that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. He, and he's got a – it almost feels like you're following a college team when you watch some of their post game, you know, their when he's giving game balls out. You know, you, you wonder. You you guys have lived in that NFL locker room. You wonder, can you do some of the stuff when it comes to the camaraderie and like Braves does it? I feel like with the Titans. But can you can you talk to an NFL team, bunch of grown men who have big contracts about you know, here's a game ball and we're winning this together for the team, but. They really feel like that. They've really rallied around his leadership. And I think the most important thing he did, he looked at Joe Brady's system and what they were doing at LSU. And let's face it, that 2019 LSU offense, if it's not the best college offense we've ever seen, it's right up there in the top one or two best offenses of all time. And Joe Burrow, if you go back and watch that offense, one of the things he did a really good job of is the ball was out of his hands on time. Always on time, the ball was out. He made quick, decisive decisions, and boom, the ball was out, and it was accurate. And Zach Taylor implemented a very similar system that, that Joe ran in college. And so I think it was more of a turnkey approach for Burrow to come into the NFL, and Zach Taylor deserves a lot of credit for kind of building the pieces. Look at the pieces now around Burrow with Mixon in the backfield, Boyd, T. Higgins, even the tight end. Hopefully he can play in this game. But man, they they got they don't just have one guy. It's not just Jamar Chase. They got they got as many weapons around Joe Burrow as you're going to find in the league right now. Hey man, listen, you're breaking it down in beautiful fashion. But every 18 wheeler that passes, I just have a sigh of relief that it's not taking you out. I just want to let you know that. Yeah. For those that are listening, Kirk Herbstreit is on the side of a high uh, a highway going back to Nashville with his beautiful dog Ben in the back keeping guard. But there has been no less than 50 trucks that have drove by yeah. at very yeah, rapid yeah. speeds. <laughs> They're going fast. We actually heard one yeah. right by on the other side there. We're happy. <laughs> You're okay, Herbie. Yeah, Herbie. Herbie. I guess we'll only ask a couple more questions. Don't want, <laughs> don't want to be a part of this whole thing. Um, when you look at the college football landscape and you see these young guys having massive success, do you see that continuing to happen? Do you mm-hmm. see the the level of younger players continuing to get better and better in the NFL game? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that you guys again. When you played in the NFL, Pat, I think there was two different games. 
know, when you watch college football and then you watch NFL football, I don't know. For me, it just felt like we were looking at two completely different games. And I, I feel like now when I watch college football and I watch NFL football, it, it feels like the NFL occasionally is taking some of the college game. And I feel like the college game obviously is stealing from the NFL. I think Andy Reid's a great example. I, you know, I, I think what they're doing in Baltimore is a good example. Forever, it was NFL executives and head coaches trying to figure out how are we going to take a college quarterback who doesn't huddle, who looks over at five signs on the sideline, who maybe says one word if he does huddle, and that's the play. How are we going to get them to run John Gruden style of offense where it's an entire paragraph that he has to say and recite in the huddle? And over the years, it became more and more challenging because more and more college offense, especially the Big 12, they were going to that style. And the Sam Bradford era, Colt McCoy. Remember that? I mean, it was just like, how do, we, how do you figure out if Sam Bradford's going to be a good NFL quarterback? And I think now it's just so different. Kyler Murray, what he ran at Oklahoma, you know, his head coach obviously was hired to bring him in. And, and eventually they run a very similar system. So, yeah, I think, I think we're right now at a very good time in NFL football where – big enough decision makers and guys that have had a lot of success like Andy Reid with Pat Mahomes, they've tweaked their system to the college quarterback instead of saying, nope, round square uh, and, and, or whatever that, what's that saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, We're round running, peg in a square hole. Square hole. We're running our system and this kid's going to have to learn how we do it in the National Football League. Two. You don't, the teams that are winning, man, they're, they're not doing that. And I think that's uh, that's a really smart way to try to adjust and, and kind of best out of these quarterbacks that are we told him to drive yeah yeah we told him it's on us you should put a big photo of him on the screen dead zone his eyes he was undertaker right mm-hmm. there oh, yeah. in the middle of that thing dead zone was inevitable i think that's a fair fair assessment though yes. i think that's a very fair assessment there i think uh, but herbie we told you to move so you don't die and then turns out you went into a dead zone so <laughs> You know, that's a, that's a very interesting, that's very interesting, this show. Herbie, great answer there, though. It's very real, too. I think we talked about this before, but now as we're seeing the continual uh, success of Joe Burrow, I think that he, he missed out a large portion of his rookie season because how many hits, and now he's in his second year, and he said, I'm going to celebrate every championship game we win because he doesn't know how many are going to happen or whatever. It's, it's just, it's a very fascinating thing, the Cincinnati Bengals squad, who has to go to the University of Cincinnati Bearcats indoor practice facility after the women's lacrosse squad, yeah. I believe, mm-hmm. before intramural uh, disc golf and ultimate frisbee. That's how they're getting it done. It's amazing what they're doing over there. Dude, you have to tell me, because, you know, A.J. Hawk, I mean, he, he played in the NFL a long time, but he enjoyed Woody Hayes' facility over at Ohio State. You guys have facilities over in Morgantown. I, I'm around these college facilities all the time. Is what Cincinnati – because I, I just drove by their stadium, and just to the west of their stadium, next to it looks like – I don't know what it would look like, some kind of heavy industrial work site with trains going by it. Just off, and A.J. was out there on that the concrete. I think it's a concrete plant right there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking – Man, these guys leave college football, and it looks like they take a step backwards when it comes to 
abilities. That is that pretty common. <laughs> no, 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 Herbie. No, 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 Herbie. That is, and I believe when guys go to the Bengals, that thing you all talked about, how guys get a little leery when they get drafted to Cincinnati. It's because you don't just take a step backwards. I spe- with now with facilities, especially LSU and Alabama, they're taking a good ten to fifteen steps yeah, back. Yeah. I mean, they're doing. They're a corner. They are a corner, and they are backpedaling, never getting into transition whenever they get to the Cincinnati Bengals next to a concrete plant under a highway. I did not know the concrete plant thing was happening. I'm going to add that into my... They need a goddamn facility, Herbie. Why don't you donate one to them? Why doesn't Herb Street <laughs> donate a Herb, uh, uh, an indoor facility to these boys? But, dude, you, you get to the Super Bowl. God forbid you win the Super Bowl. Don't you think that should be a new mandate? Like, you're not... You got to upgrade the facility, right? Well, my, my fear is this, Herbie. My fear is they're going to be like... Well, I want a Super Bowl without an indoor facility in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not- yep. What's the point of having a facility? We'll wait behind the women's uh, softball team over <laughs> Before we practice, we're fine. Hey, listen, by the way, shout out to the Bearcats. Yeah, shout out. All the Bearcats. The boy Fickle. They're all great. They got a better indoor practice facility than the Bengals who don't actually have one. Uh, what is your what is your game plan over the next few weeks and months? When do you start diving into the college world? What? Because that roster turns over every single year, right? Everywhere. When do you start memorizing and kind of making predictions and getting ready for game day? But with rosters at all, I have no idea. I'm looking forward to uh, – I'll, I'll do a spring game. I'll, I'll cover the draft this year. Um, so, but I, I really try to play because I'm so hard on the sword from, like, June until January. I, I try to back away from it a little bit uh, just to kind of recharge the battery. Kirk, quick pivot. What the hell is going on in Michigan and Jim Harbaugh? Did he lose both of his coordinators? He interviewed for the Vikings job, and now he's back at Michigan. Like, what's going on? They're dead up there. He missed signing day. He was in there at a meeting. Whoa. My, my, my big thing there is, I mean, obviously, everyone's been rumor having rumors out about Harbaugh potentially going back to the NFL forever. But how does this get out? You know, like, how, how in the world does he go – as far as he went with the Vikings, and I don't know if he, he turned it down, they turned it down, whatever happened, and now you got to go back into that meeting room where they say, who's got it better than us? You know, nobody. <laughs> How do you, and you look at both your coordinators. Man, they had so much momentum at the end of the regular season. They beat Ohio State. Think about that scene. Uh, it's a big house after they beat Ohio State. They followed up the next week with a win and a Big Ten championship against Iowa. And I know it didn't go well, but they were a playoff team in Georgia. And they had a ton of momentum. And, um, again, I don't I don't fault him for looking at it, potentially going to another job. But, Jack, I guess the way it was handled uh, clearly did not work out that good. And then on the way out the door, the Frank Royals award winner, Takes takes kind of some shots with the text that he sent out to some of the players about basically, hey, here's a, here's a quick life lesson for you. If you feel like you're not wanted or respected in your current job, you need to move on. And so, I don't know. I mean, for all that momentum that they created, it seems like they're almost having to start all over again. It's all right. Hardball, take your shirt off. Yeah. Yep. Look at the boys back motivated over there. What is that award named? The Broyles? Yeah, the Frank Broyles Award. Remember Frank Broyles used to coach at Arkansas. He was a, he was a oh, yeah. an with 
Keith Jackson, you know, back you probably listened to him oh, no. uh, a lot a lot of times back in the in like the eighties. He was a great broadcaster. I was born in eighty seven. But I, I'm sure I listened. I'm sure I what is that? The best offensive coach in the country though? Uh no, it's the best assistant coach in all of college football. Oh, so yeah. it doesn't matter offense or defense. It's just who's the best assistant coach in all of college football? This guy who sent a text message to his boys saying, if you're ever not wanted in this situation, you need to leave like I'm doing right now. I'm going down to the 305, hoping to turn that thing around. Is that what happened? Yeah, from what I understand. Jeez. Yeah, that's, yikes. Yikes. that's not good in the recruiting world, I don't think, Herbie. No, but by, by the way, the bigger story is what's going on with Miami. You know, my, Miami now... They have opened up the purse strings, which is very unusual for them. They, they went out and hired Clemson's athletic director. Um, they went out and got Mario Cristobal from Oregon, who's a former alum, uh, played there back in the glory days in the, in the early 90s. Um, and he's killing it in recruiting. Now they've gone out. They want Kevin Steele, who's a, a really, really good defense coordinator. He was most recently at Auburn when Auburn was playing great. Um, and then they just got, they just ended up getting the new uh, offense coordinator, Josh Gaddis from Michigan. So in order to be able to do that, they're, they're paying, which they've never done in the past. So the Kane's trying to make some noise. I hope, I hope it works out for him. I like when Miami's good. It's good for the sport. Yeah, we all do. And I think Ed Reed, what is like the director of culture or whatever mm -hmm. down there. And he's like, Hey, I'm tired of us losing. Then Ray Lewis comes back yep. and the rock starts yeah. lifting mm -hmm. a little Michael bit. Irvin. And everybody's like, Hey, listen, we are going to start opening up a little bit. Let's start paying some people. Let's get some new facilities in here. Yeah. Let's do it. I hope Miami goes on a run because Hey, the people in South Florida, the ballers down in South Florida, if they stay in Miami and that becomes a whole thing again, whoo, dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we need we need them back. We need to get them back and get some of that energy back. It's been a long time. Remember, they almost went on to death. They had almost a death penalty there for a while where they, they had that booster. Remember that? It was about, what was that, about 10 or 12 years oh, yeah. ago? Yeah, I watched a doc on that guy. Nevin hey, Shapiro. Having him out there in the yeah. boats and the strip clubs and stuff. Hey, mm -hmm. come on, hang out, have a good time. No big deal. Well, except for the fact that I'm going to rat as soon as I get caught <laughs> for doing anything. What do you have, Tom? Uh, Herbie, speaking of recruitment and purse strings, I don't know if you've seen the internet recently, but they are not happy about Texas A&M and having the number one recruiting class and all the recruits that they got. Is it so wild to think that the Jimbo just can't recruit those guys? How about how about his reaction? Uh, his reaction last week, he he got you should pull that up. He he got a little bit uh, irritated with not just media. He, he tried to he tried to uh, pull out where the the quote came from, and um, it was pretty funny to listen to him describe whoever the source was. But then he got after basically without saying Lane Kiffin's name because Lane Kiffin's been doing a bunch of stuff on on social media, basically taking shots at A&M for how much money they're spending. And he, he denied all of it. He said, you, you, you're implying that we can't recruit or that we don't have a great academic uh, you know, institution here to offer these recruits and we don't have a great football program. He's like, it sounds like South Grapes and we're coming after the SEC. And he's all wound up, man. But uh, I, I have no idea what's true, what's not, you know, in this world of NIL. There, there are always rumors that A&M has a bunch of a bunch of money and a bunch of boosters that are throwing a, a, a big uh, money into a pot and then just divvying it up to uh, players and recruits. One thing I think needs to be understood with the NIL. Love it. When they came up with the NIL, 
it wasn't intended to become a bidding war on 18-year-old recruits. It, it was to give A.J. Hawk, who's a returning junior, who's an All-American, it's intended to help a guy like A.J. Hawk out or, or Pat after your freshman or sophomore year, like, like Jackson Smith and Jigba right now at Ohio State or C.J. Stroud. Like, you're an established brand. You know, those are the guys that are supposed to profit off of NIL. What, when you start getting boosters involved in NIL and a kid that hasn't even stepped on campus, I, you know, that, that's where I think you start to get into a kind of a gray area and an area that I, I don't know if it's necessarily in the best interest. At some point, they're going to have to they're going to have to put some parameters on NIL. Right now, it's just do whatever you want and pay players, do whatever. You know, that, I just don't see that lasting uh very long well especially with the transfer portal you know because if you get a contract to go play somewhere and you only last six months and you go to the transfer portal who's renegotiating the buyout and the contract of that thing i'm sure everybody has everybody's best interest in that but any money that's going to anybody i love it i assume there's going to get uh corrected at some point and uh we'll see how it goes it's definitely going to change the entire game i like that jimbo fisher you know, West Virginia guy saying, you're mm-hmm. saying I can't talk the sweet pants off anybody. <laughs> what are you even talking about? I love everything about that. Uh, last question for me as we go here. What's going on with game day, dude? Huh? What's going on with game day? What do you got going on with game day? Well, you know how I've, uh, how I've uh, felt about college game day when it comes to your involvement in the show. <laughs> no, no. I'm talking about your plans next year. I'm talking about your plans. I'm not talking about that whole thing, obviously. Well, my plan, my plans will have a lot to do with you calling me after the show and letting me know what's going on. But uh, honestly, we we uh, we're excited for, for this season. College football, as much chaos as there is off the field, I don't know if the brand itself or the game itself has ever been better. I mean, think about last last season. We finally had fans back after missing them in twenty. The excitement, the energy, the passion, it's there every single week. Like from week one, you're thinking, man, we haven't, that was great. Then the next week, it's even better. And the next week. So we were lucky uh, as a sport that we had uh, so much juice um, every single week. And game day's right in the middle of it, obviously, every week. And we hope to continue to do that, man. Lee, Lee Corso is, uh, I want to say he'll be 87. Jeez. Wow. 87 years old, I believe. By his uh, birthday is August seventh, but um, yeah, man. We this, what's great about College Game Day, and that'll twenty seven years next year for me. It just it it never gets old. Like the stories constantly change, players are constantly moving, and and you know now with the portal, they're they're leaving and going to to different schools. So it's not like you're covering the same story over and over and over. And I, for me, I, I just I love that. I love how it changes. I love how the names and faces continue to evolve. And yet the one thing that remains the same is the passion is there every single week, no matter where you go. And uh, I, I don't I don't take that for granted at all, covering that sport. 27 years on game day, huh? That's amazing. Hey, let's go. Has been on the road 27 years. That's a long time. Obviously, college game day has been very nice to all of us mm-hmm. and to me. I appreciate my time. There is uh, there is a conversation happening about that whole Whoa. thing. Really? There is. There is combo. There is combo. <laughs> Herbie. There is combos. Well, can we can we 
can we hear a little bit about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We appreciate you, man. Stay safe. Thank you for joining us. Uh, good luck to your Bengals, obviously. Good luck for next season. And are you going to be out at Super Bowl at all? I'm going out there Friday, and then I'm doing a thing with uh, Joe Montana with Wheels Up on Saturday. Oh, come, I'm going to come back to watch it with my son and, and my wife. I think Joe Montana is going to be at an event that we're going to be at after that Wheels Up thing. You should swing by. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Text me. Let me know where. I'll definitely swing by. Okay, have a couple. All right, all right. Okay. Hey, we'll talk about what we we're going to talk about right there live and said in person. You know what I mean? Ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Herbst. Thank you. There is real conversations happening about that, AJ. Is there? Yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing, now that I, you know, do all the conversations for myself, you know, it's a, it's an interesting balance. You know, it's an interesting balance because there's also other conversations happening. And then there's another conversation happening. What? And then it's like, well, which no. one seems to be real? Which one do I want to do? We are being grotesquely overpaid by one of our marketing partners, so it's a nice pick-and-choose thing. But I fucking love Herb Street, and I, that game day thing was a great time. I love those people over there. 27 years, man. I can't believe he's been there that long. It's rock star life, dude. Yeah, yeah. long time. What are you yeah. doing? You got any, any news to break before you hop on the road to head this way for us to fly to L.A.? I do not think I have any news to break. What, what would there be to break? Well, you were with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. anything. I stayed with it's y'all. documented history that you were, you know, him, his girl, you, your wife, yeah. out there in Ohio. Okay. Did he did he pick Bisaccia to be the Packers, Packers special teams special coordinator? coordinator? Good question. Bisaccia got hired, I guess, after he, he left yesterday. So I don't know. We didn't even get to talk about it. Damn. Oh, that seems like a dynamite hire, though. Everyone's pretty excited about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say that's a dynamite hire. And by the yeah. way, it makes the team better immediately, everybody would assume. Does that yeah. make the Packers more appeasing Ooh. for Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. You tell me. How's the family? Much better now. The gravy that Passaccia is going to oh. bring into that. Oh, my. Hey, Aaron, hey, stick around. Hey, what you say, yeah? The Vaseline Passaccia. Hey, what you say, huh? Don't make him play an play. offer he can't refuse. Hey, yeah, hey. Maybe you play butter. Aaron, you I hold, huh? Aaron, maybe you hold. Huh? We run fake every time. Huh? What do you say? As long as you sign back here, dude. I came here because I was told we have a quarterback. <laughs> I'd like to have a fucking quarterback in the family, you know what I mean? Hey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're talking about trading maybe Carson Wentz or something like that. I didn't fucking come here for Carson Wentz, all right? Uh-huh. How's your family? Not good. That's if Carson Wentz is not a quarterback. You know what I mean? How's the family? What if Josh McCown's the new quarterback for the Packers oh, next year? That'd be sweet. What if Josh is, is he? Are, is he? Is he looking around? Our teams are calling him up to play. <laughs> it's possible. Good, good. He's done. I think, dude. He's completely done. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with Fanduel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. Users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it. 
Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Hawk will no longer be joining us today because he is now getting on the road to come here to hop on the plane to head to LA in which we will be live from the convention center Tuesday, Wednesday, Uh, Thursday, and Friday. No fans allowed, obviously. We knew that. (laughs) Shit. Right. I found that out last night. Zito actually copy and pasted. He said, hey, here's the schedule for when fans are allowed in the convention center. Monday, no fans. Tuesday, no fans. Wednesday, no fans. Thursday, fans, 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. Our show's over at 1 p.m. That's a two-hour problem there, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Friday, same exact setup, so we have zero chance of having any fans. So quick thinking, what do we do? Oh, we have to have a Thursday special after hours, 4 p.m. local, 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll stream live. Big surprise guests, big giveaways, and hopefully enjoy the entire season that was. 4 p.m. Eastern or no, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, this Thursday, extra stream, live stream. Saturday night, we have something going on that's going to be pretty big. I don't even know if we're allowed to announce it. Is anybody? We have to announce it at some point. Somebody has to announce it. I'm sure there's a lot of big-time brains that are figuring that out on the backside. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, Fando's having a pretty sweet thing <laughs> yeah. Saturday night. Should yeah. be getting promoted. Are we allowed to? I don't know if we're allowed to. I have no clue. Maybe they want you to wait until your boot's on the ground. Boot's on the ground. Saturday night's going to be something big. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were supposed to be promoting this days ago. Yeah. Ten days. (laughs) Ten days ago. We're being hired as hosts for a FanDuel production. Yes. Saturday. Sounds awesome. Sounds incredible. You know sounds amazing. Behind the scenes, sounds like there's been a lot of conversations going on that we are not privy to. Right. And there's been a lot of chaos potentially. It's going to be big. It's going to be it's going to be live on our YouTube, I believe. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's going to be live on this hey. YouTube. We are going to be hosting, but nothing else is in our control. Hired guns. Cannot wait to see how it goes. We're going to be having a good time. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. But that should be on Saturday. So Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, we have a stream. Saturday, I believe we're going to have a stream Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, we'll be streaming live from the office throughout the entire game. Because I think I'm betting $100,000 on the game. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I think so, yeah. I'm probably going to go $40,000 on the coin toss. Neither right. Because last year I lost 30 on the tails head situation. Right. Have you thought about what what side you're going to pick now? Tails, yeah. I'm on tails. Okay. $40,000 on tails before that game even starts. Okay. Then we're going to have, I believe, a risk free same game parlay. Here we go. In that risk free, I don't think it's just $10. It might be $10 for some gamblers, but it's a sliding scale depending upon how much you often gamble. They have an algorithm back there that keeps you within your limits, keeps you safe with regulators, but they also read you. We're going to have a risk free same game parlay that's going to get promoted. You know, I'm coming off a 2 0 on championship weekend on same game parlays. Yeah. Had the AFC in the Pro Bowl. Obviously, everybody predicted that. We predicted the over to hit as well. It said it was going to be 80 something in that. I'm a little bit hot right now, and I assume that the same game parlay that we're going to put together. Whenever I assume we're all not on cloud 55 this week <laughs> to put out there is going to be risk-free. And we're also going to be doing a lot of live betting and live parlays because it's the last time we get a chance to bet on a sport that we actually know and love again. Can you uh, right. put a bet that's hit 18 out of the last 20 years in the same game parlay? Are you talking about the kickoff? Touchback? No touchback? Plus 120 right now on FanDuel Sports. So here's a fascinating thing. Matt Gay's not hitting a touchback. No, because he's maybe hurt coming up short on 50 yards. And 47 yarders. Uh-huh. So then, right. whenever you look at McPherson, McPherson's a dog, though. 
McPherson has a big leg. Mm -hmm. The thing about the kickoff touchback thing, and I think I I don't want to say I'm the one that brought this to everybody's attention, but I do feel like I am potentially the person that brought this to a lot of gamblers, strictly because there's not a lot of people that kick off Super Bowls. I just so happen to be one of them my rookie year. You get a brand new ball, a brand new ball that is going directly to Canton immediately after you kick off. So to break this down, how different that is, normally there's like seven NFL game balls for kickers. They're called K-balls. There's seven of them. Uh, the equipment managers from each team and an official get to go into a room before the game, and they get 30 minutes to break in said seven balls that were fresh out of the box. This all came to be because there was a game way back in the day. I believe it was Mitch Berger. I'm not 100% sure. That might be hearsay. He used to put the football into like a dryer and put some water in there, mm -hmm. and these balls would become balloons. Somehow in a big important game, playoff game, one of these K-balls that these old kickers used to just abuse and get beat up, and obviously the more beat up a football gets, the bigger the sweet spot gets, the softer the ball gets so you can break into it and dent it. So you want the ball broken in to kick it far, and some kick, you know, um, abuse leads to restriction. So a quarterback got one of these K-balls, and it was a watermelon, and they threw a pick, and the game ended, and there was quite a situation in the offseason about these goddamn K-balls. These kickers are fucking up our balls. They have to be two separate balls. So then K-balls came into existence, and they were brand new out of the box. So guys got brand new K-balls, and they had to kick them in the game. This is it. The, the kickers were punished for like a good two, three, four years. And then finally, the kickers, I think, I don't know how many years that was, finally the kickers like, you can't do it. We're kicking bricks whenever you do that. So then they were agreed to a 30-minute time limit before the game in which equipment managers can go in under the guise of or under the guidance of an NFL official, and they can break in the balls, they can both okay them, then they can number them, and then it goes into the game. Normally, only the first three balls get used, and that is where all the focus of the equipment managers is for that particular game. So balls four, five, six, and seven barely touched. There has been stories of ball, K-ball guys putting in ball seven for somebody in a big-time kick because the ball is brand new, basically, could potentially fuck them over. Now, karma will obviously come back to get you, but normally it's just the first three balls that make it into rotation. Those balls are all beat up. Those balls are good balls. Those balls fly. Those balls are good, good balls. And those equipment managers that do the breaking in, they get great Christmas gifts. Okay, they get they get taken care of, high fives, how doing big hugs, love, everything like that. The kickoff ball for the Super Bowl is brand new, fresh out of a box, put onto the tee, then immediately after kicking it, it is put on a box or back in a box, sent to Canton to be displayed as the kickoff of Super Bowl, whatever the fuck it is. So naturally, that ball is not gonna fly as far as a broken in ball. That ball is rock hard. That ball is a sh actual showcase ball mm -hmm. that they're planning on putting in Canton. So normally, your kickoff at the Super Bowl is going to be the opening kickoff at the Super Bowl is going to be the weakest kick of the year for every let alone the nerves, anxiety there's 200 million people flash watching balls, you, yeah, yeah. there's flash balls, I almost missed the ball because I was actually, <laughs> oh shit oh my god, here we go so it's a whole thing, normally there's no touchback on a kickoff though and you have to, I think it's a plus 115 right now for no, I'm not 100% plus 120 is what I got this morning, plus 120, it's going to move after what I just said obviously yep. but that is, that is a pretty safe bet that no touchbacks coming on the opening kick. I was looking at some stats this weekend. Uh, Matt Gay is 72% at home uh, with touchbacks, so who knows? He's 54% on the road. And then McPherson, 52% at home, obviously in Cincinnati, 66% on the road. Ooh. Yeah. 
I mean, and on the road, he's in Pittsburgh, yeah. he's in Baltimore, yeah. he's in Cleveland. I mean, yeah, they're difficult, right. but the ball is going to be – that is a it's good bet. Ball. This is a good bet for this week with McPherson and Matt Gay. Go ahead and stamp it. I am – yeah, we should hammer that thing. Okay. I wonder if we could put that in the same game parlay. Uh-huh. Yeah, or is that a special? Well, that would uh, – that would uh, if it didn't go our way. That'd be a time. Yeah, pretty that quick. Would kill the same game parlay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. last year. Here's the risk-free same. Yeah, because when we're crafting these risk-free same game parlays, they have to be attainable throughout the final whistle, Correct. right? Yes. Which is why we had to sit at that Jets Colts game exactly oh on Thursday gosh. night football oh, yeah. all the way till the end because we needed Pittman to get three more yards mm-hmm. or God. six yards or whatever it was. Yeah, and that could have happened on any play. He had it in the fourth quarter, like and five minutes. Tripped up and then Carson missed him. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's what we got going on Super Bowl week. Four o'clock local, seven p.m. Eastern Thursday. Saturday night there'll be a stream. Sunday during the Super Bowl there'll be a stream. Overreaction Monday will happen. Another big surprise guest coming into this Ooh, office for yep, Overreaction okay. Monday, and then we're going to be off after that for a week. All right, should we be can a make little it. run. Yeah, hell yeah, go. Oh, busy week. run, busy run. Plus, there's numerous meetings I have to. <laughs> eh, maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be busy out in L.A. I can't thank everybody for following along. we got a lot of big-time guests, a lot of good conversation, all leading up to the big game. Some big breaking news uh, this weekend. A lot of things have happened. Mike McDaniels, run coordinator and assistant offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers alongside Kyle Shanahan, once a member of that Washington football team's oh, – sorry, right. Washington commanders yep. coaching staff alongside McVay, LaFleur, Shanahan. Mike McDaniels also in there. Four really good – we assume McDaniels will be a really good – head coach all in one coaching staff of a franchise that was literally burning yeah. to a pulp at the time yeah congrats to mike mcdaniels getting the dolphins kick there's a lot of stats that go out there that say whenever this guy's around the quarterback has his absolute best year he's also known to be a wizard in the run game went to yale absolute genius and hysterical human being obviously we've seen some of his pressers and some of his clips from those those will happen daily now mm-hmm. which i think we're all excited about young offense with tua and some weapons what do you think happens with mike mcdaniels are you excited about the hire at bubba gumpino representing all of the doll fam I am very excited. I think this is exactly what Tua needs. Get an old line. Spend everything on an offensive line. They're keeping the D.C., keeping everybody on defense. Give Tua a shot. Mike McDaniels is a run guy. Mm-hmm. I think anything that's good for a quarterback, and there's, I forget who put the tweet up, but like Matt Ryan's first year with Mike McDaniels there was his best year. Jimmy G with Mike McDaniels, his best year. They're assuming the same is going to happen to Tua, and I believe if you put the two and two together of what he does for the offense and the quarterback benefiting from it, the best thing for a quarterback is an incredible run game mm-hmm. because then they have to pack the box. You get more uh, one-on-ones on the outside and a different look at everything. We'll see what goes on with Miami. What if this year they do finish, you know, higher than the Patriots oh, in the division? Could like sportsbooks had him just a year ago. Yeah, it could happen. I'm excited for old Mike McDaniel. See a lot of people excited for Waddle, maybe using him the same way they use Debo. I, I, the hire is nice because it could be. I mean, it could be a reach, but it's, it's exciting. This guy could be an offensive genius, just like Shanahan was, just like McVay was. It's better. I think it's better than hiring some guy who's had like his fourth head coaching job and uh, just never worked out. Yeah, there's a lot of people that you know, get cycled through the head coaching process. And that is going to be spotlighted for however many months or years this whole thing 
continues to go with Brian Flores. But I think Mike McDaniels, you can't judge the head coaching hire right now. Let's give it a year or two. Yeah, mm-hmm. at least. And then let's see how it goes. Maybe three. Zach Taylor was, what, 2-20 and 20 or 4-20 yeah. at one point in his young coaching career. Then they get Joey B healthy. They bring in Jamar Chase. They keep going over the University of Cincinnati indoor practice facility, build grit, practicing next to a concrete plant on a daily basis, inhaling that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus. They're doing a big jump over there in uh, China. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, they said it was an old steel mill that was shut down. I seen... Uh, no less than seven, I think, uh, stacks mm-hmm. for uh, uh, fumes. Fumes, yeah, in the one shot, and they just stamped like Beijing twenty twenty on it. And I'm like, what are they inhaling over there? They're Not literally the, they can't. I mean, they're just flying. This is electrifying. Oh yeah, <laughs> possibly this, the best. One. Hey, if this is on TV, you need to watch it. Also, that fifteen year old from Russia, figure skating. If you got daughters that are currently figure skating that are in between the ages of 10 and 20, Take them shut it down. Yep. They got it. Russia's got the girl. Uh, what's her name? Camille. Camille Vesavia. Vesavia. Camille Vesavia. Whatever the case. Mike McDaniels, <laughs> head coach of Miami. Good luck down there. We're pulling for her. Good luck. Now it appears as if the Texans are zeroing in on Lovey Smith, former Chicago Bears head coach, former University of Illinois head coach. He was the defensive coordinator for this Houston Texans team that amidst all the bullshit was able to win some games. Ian Rappaport is reporting that Lovey Smith probably going to be the head coach for the Houston Texans. Uh, Pep Hamilton, who was the quarterback coach or offense coordinator last year, he'll probably stick around if this is the case as well. So Brian Flores... Still not a head coach anywhere. The Saints have to make their hire. Who knows what they're going to do. But it does appear Lovey Smith, a man who we did not even expect to maybe be back in the head coaching talks, is going to be the head coach for the Houston Texans. And doesn't it seem interesting? I mean, anytime a coach gets hired, they don't – Rap Sheet said in for 2022. Like he was just going to be another lame duck for one year. Like typically when a guy gets a head coaching job, it's not just like a he'll be the head coach for next year. It's like, hey, this guy is the head coach for whether it's a four or five, a six-year deal. Like – He's almost insinuating, like, yeah, they're just going to run it back, have Lovey Smith do a one-year gigging, and then, and then if they're not any good, maybe fire him and try to find another guy. To your point, Mike McDaniel signed a four-year deal. That was a part of the announcement, basically, with the Miami Dolphins. Lovey Smith this is the same way Coach Dave started. Mm-hmm. Yes. Coach David Colley, who is the former head coach of the Houston Texans, that will never get talked about his head, head coaching experience, mostly because the one year of him being a head coach was the same year Urban Meyer was a head yeah, coach yeah. Right. for one year. Coach Dave Gawley got those boys to win some games when nobody expected them to be able to win some games. Chewed his tongue to an oblivion. Oh, oh yeah. Like a gum. But as he got this head coaching job for the first time in his entire coaching career, as an older gentleman, been around a long time, a lot of people had a lot of respect for him, it was immediately announced that uh, Josh McCown is going to be a quarterback coach, and he's probably the next head coach, actually. And it was like, well, what does that even mean? And why would Coach Dave Colley want this guy who's going to be his next, who's going to just take him out? Why would he want him in the off? He didn't. Right. Who knows if Josh McCown's ever going to be the next head coach for the Houston Texans, which is what everybody has kind of said is going to happen. But Lovey Smith has won games. Yeah. 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 Went to a Super Bowl. Love, Lovey Smith wins games as a head coach, has a lot of respect. He can build up a coaching staff alongside Pep Hamilton mm-hmm. that is very impressive. What if the Texans are able to figure this whole thing out? They that got, would be wild. They got a quarterback, and I'm just hoping that Lovey doesn't shave his beard because he thinks he's a head coach. He's got to have a clean, clean shaved face. So you're talking about Davis Mills. Oh, yeah. They also have 
Deshaun Watson, in which they can wow. maybe get some multiple picks yeah. or yeah. something. If everything of off the field gets settled, obviously, that would have to happen before anything. But them getting multiple picks, being able to flip this thing around quick. Yeah, immediately. It could be. I mean, good on Houston. And Lovey Smith, I think, is a calming force in there as well. Mm -hmm. He's been around the building. He understands what everybody else has. Nick Casaria, the GM, I guess he's on a headset on a day-to-day. -day. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. He's yeah. out there coaching and everything. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. He wasn't doing that in New England. I know that. Well, Jack Easterby was just praying for people in New England. Now <laughs> yeah. he's got the right hand of the owner down there making decisions. So, I mean, a lot of people seem to be leaving New England, doing different things down in Houston. Bill O'Brien was lead counsel, head coach, offense coordinator, general manager, and a PR guy yeah. whenever yeah. he was coaching at the Texans. <laughs> so, who knows? It, it seems like they're probably set up for failure, but Lovey Smith is a guy who's had success and he gets a job down there. Yeah, I wonder what's going on with uh, Jim Caldwell because his name was pretty hot in the beginning and then he kind of fell off a little bit. Like, do you think he'll possibly get an OC job? Uh, maybe New England, depending on Bill O'Brien and Adam Gase. Is Jim also, Caldwell's name linked to the New England Patriots? He hasn't been linked, but their OC job is out there, and I know Gase and Bill O'Brien are the only two currently that have been connected. Joining us now is maybe a man who knows what the hell's going on around the NFL. He was just on TV. Wow. What? Just on TV, yeah. The television? He's always on television. He's He arrived in L.A. last night, decided to get, immediately get boozed up. Yeah. Classic. Uh, shout out to Cha-Cha, uh, he yeah, said, yeah. with a whole... This guy. Blue margarita. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah, yeah, What's up? Oh, you Good look... Oh, wow. Yeah, let's go. Where's that at, SoFi? Uh, I am in... Uh, I'm currently in the VO booth at NFL Network. Uh, so if you saw on TV, which thanks for watching, you probably saw a really cool background. Uh, it's actually green in real life. Oh, wow. I think old tour. This is that's Summer, our makeup artist. Hi, hey, Summer. Summer. Yeah, you did great. You did great with this face right here, Summer. Honestly, crushed it. You know, it's hard to perfect perfection. Well, no, yeah. Summer. <laughs> summer. <laughs> summer. <laughs> no, that actually is maybe Shrakes. Jeez, Louise. Uh, what's you up, guys? Unbelievable today. You did. There's no reason for that. We're watching Good Morning Football live from SoFi. That, that entire setup looks amazing. We're happy you're out there. Can't wait to see you in real life. Hopefully this week you'll make your way out to the peasants over there at Radio Row. Yeah. I will, I will try. No guarantees. My time is obviously real valuable, but uh, I will try to kind of make my way over there and, and do my TV stuff from the convention center and maybe talk to you guys too. Well, and if it means anything, we will have booze there for you. Yeah, right? that's right. Just oh. to draw you in. Okay, well, let's go. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Super Bowl week, the biggest week. There's going to be a lot of news to break, and the first thing you post is, ah, great to be here. Let me let me get this four fingers yeah, deep of yeah. blue margarita immediately <laughs> upon landing here. I mean, let's. what are we doing, Rap? Are we working? No, it was, first of all, it was a long flight. Second of all, <laughs> uh, there was a lot of things happening, all right? So, and there's nothing wrong with a blue, you know, whatever that was. The food was great, by the way. Uh, La Cha 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 was the restaurant. Really an excellent recommendation. I had a nice dinner. <laughs> All right. Well, we're thankful you're out there. We're excited to see what you do this week. Let's talk about some of the coaching hirings and some of the coaches that are still out there. Mike McDaniels ends up in Miami. Feels like everybody thought that was going to happen, and it finally came to official fruition this past weekend. Or what was the waiting? Uh, was it negotiation? Was it contract? Was it roster control? What do you think is going on behind the scenes there? It took so long to get Mike McDaniels in the door. I think it was more logistics of making sure that everyone who needed to be in the building, like owner Stephen Ross, for instance, was there. Just, you know, we all sort of are, are revolving around football because that's what we do. But when it comes to owners, sometimes they have other businesses, for instance. So I think it was just a matter of getting everyone in the same building. I do think that he was probably the guy all along. You know, I talked to a couple of Dolphin sources 
early on in the process and nobody wants to give anything away, right? But I could sort of kind of tell the way they were like talking. They were like intrigued by him. Yale educated. He's quirky. He's kind of funny. He's not maybe like what you would think of as a stereotypical coach, but it's also good to kind of like open your eyes and be like, sometimes coaches can come in different forms. He's not going to be like a rah-rah, like screaming type, more of like a intellectual, let me just lay out what's going to happen type. He is also the guy that Kyle Shannon has brought with him every single place he's been. So like very valuable. Um, and I also thought it was interesting last week or whenever that was the giants hired Brian Dayball. I think the dolphins could have stepped in and said, you know what, let's just hire this guy. But they didn't, which to me was sort of like, all right, McDaniel's the guy they want. Okay, perfect. So you're saying there wasn't that much of a gripe for Dayball going to New York from the Miami people, so they probably had their guy all along, and it was Mike McDaniels. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably – because they – you know, you only really find out what a team wants to do when they ha when it has to happen. It's like negotiations, right? It's like doing a contract. You only find out the best offer when, you, when they have to give it. The fact that the Dolphins didn't rush to do something with Dayball meant – that Mike McDaniel was their guy. Okay, let's bounce over to Houston. It feels like you were the one that broke this news. How long had they been cooking up Lovey Smith as a potential head coaching coordinator, head coaching position? And I think the way you worded the tweet, Connor pointed this out. The Texans are moving towards naming Lovey Smith their head coach for 2022. Sources tell Tom Pelissero, Mike Garofolo, and me, no deal is done, but it's headed that way for 2022. You're just saying that's like a cute way of saying next season. Or are you saying this is another like if he does well next year, he'll get a longer uh, opportunity to be the head coach of the Texans. Yeah, I would. I would just say, first of all, it sounds like this will be official probably tonight or maybe tomorrow morning. But right, congrats, Lovey. And look, Lovey Lovey Smith is a great guy. He has an amazing beard. I mean, that beard is one of has suddenly is one of the top beards in the NFL. I think quickly. Um, you know, sort of Brett Kiesel esque. I would say. Well, uh, do you, you don't remember him? He's a he's player. Yeah. Um, Come on, dude. Anyway, guy, and, uh, you know, he, he took the Bears to the Super Bowl. He was showing promise as a Bucks <laughs> coach before its tenure kind of got. Oh, fancy pants. Oh, huh? over there at SoFi. Relation mm. to me. Um, and now he's back. And so he's obviously so he didn't start with Levy Smith. I'm not going to say that. It started with, you know, Brian Flores and Josh McCown and Jonathan Gannon. And with as they kind of went through the process, they would consult with, Smith and just talked to him and at some point it was like well let's just hire this guy who we like and have respect for and keep Pep Hamilton as OC and kind of move forward like that the reason I said 2022 in my initial tweet was and I want to sort of see it when it gets done but it might end up being a little bit of a shorter term contract which doesn't mean anything but you know he's also in his mid-60s so Kind of, we'll see, but I just, uh, if it ends up being a shorter contract, I wanted to make sure to say that kind of, this is where it stands. Oh, because you want to be able to, at some point, potentially in the future, grandstand. I said it was only a shorter contract, which I can respect that, that in the way that you That doesn't sound like something I would do. No, no, no of course you, not. Summer doesn't know that either. The, you know, she doesn't know that that's something you would do at all. Let's talk about David Cauley gets the gig. Josh McCown's the next head coach. Right, that's how. Now Lovey Smith gets the gig. Ah, it's not for long. What is that? Is that just how they want to do things? They want to prove things. Like, why do you think that is the case? I mean, I would say it sounds like there is a chance that Josh McCown is on this staff. Um, so if that's the case, then 
maybe this is a situation where he comes on staff, he gets the experience that he needs, he leads and helps and kind of gets them where they're going, and then maybe at some point ends up taking over. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, but it does seem the door has been open to that possibility because this organization clearly does like whatever Josh McCown has. And, like, have you you've come across McCown? Have you ever met him? Oh, yeah, great hair, obviously smooth talker. Oh, they say he's really a coach good. in the room. They say he's a coach-type a coach type player. I get it. Right. Like, he always has seemed like a coach eventually, just had no experience as a coach, um, which I think is important. So he'll come in, he'll help, he'll get experience, and then we'll see which way it goes. Sounds like that's a done deal, huh? Juice break news right there? I don't think it's a done deal. I, I would, knowing what I know about the NFL, I, it's just like we can never predict what's going to happen with COVID in two weeks. I could never predict what's going to happen next year in the NFL, well, but we'll see. I'll tell you, a lot of people are starting to predict different things about COVID as of late. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope those people start getting listened to Didn't a little bit. Didn't we beat COVID a couple months oh. ago? Uh, I Ian, that's what some <laughs> people are starting to start say. You know, they're starting to say that, and they're not normally the people that would say it either. So I think that has to be a good sign. But you were the one who told us a few weeks ago that hopefully we're not dealing with COVID next season. Yeah. Which, yeah. That's Who knows what you know, by the way. Who, did you Have you kept your eyes on Denmark, on the mortality rate yeah, yeah. in Denmark? Not recently, but again, I've been very busy the last couple of days. Oh, this guy. Of course. What about the world? Put the say, bottle down. Yeah, yeah, maybe stop boozing all the time. I was Hey, I was on a, a six-hour flight and watched a movie and three shows and didn't have one drink. So there you go. Bullshit. How? Why? I had one. But it was only, it was like a quick little mimosa type deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, to get a welcome to first class, here's a pod. Dude, were you on a pod? I wasn't a pod, yet. Oh, oh nuts. You got dog. those warm nuts, too. You got a mimosa, some warm nuts yep. in that thing? It was a nice experience, I have to say. Oh, uh, yep. half a Zan? How like a yeah. lot? Uh-huh. Landa, wake no. up in L.A.? No, that was Drake. Not you, obviously. That was Drake. Not you. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, rap sheet. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, eight hours with the Saints yesterday or Saturday. Uh, is that who they're going to go with, or are they interviewing other people this week? Uh, they are done interviewing. It, I was actually kind of struck by how long the interview was, too. And, you know, it's like with Eric Bieniemy, such a curiosity because he's interviewed for so many jobs. He hasn't got one, and everyone's sort of like, why hasn't he gotten one? And I honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't pretend to know. It could be a lot of things. But, like, if he is a bad interview, then, like, what are they doing for eight hours? You know, like, if he's a bad interview, then maybe you cut it off at, like, four hours. That means, to me, at least, there was something compelling with Eric Bieniemy in the States. Now, what does I've that mean, bad, bad interview? You just don't get along with the per- – what is a bad I – no, I honestly have no idea. Like, maybe you can't communicate your vision. I just – as he hasn't gotten jobs, I've asked a lot of people, like, what is it? And it's like everyone has all sorts of different answers, but none of them make any sense to me. So I honestly don't know. I mean, again, like, if he was bad, is he just like, can he not communicate what his team's supposed to look like? I'm like, okay, we'll also, like, watch the tape. His offense is very good. Patrick Mahomes is pretty good. He's the coordinator. So I don't But I've always thought Dennis Allen was sort of the heir apparent there, but we'll see if something has has been has changed now that his nine hour interview was done. As somebody that has never been through an interview except for one time at Air Apostle in high school. Mm-hmm. That did not go well. Did you get a, it? No. No, I didn't want the job and I told him that. I was forced to be here. I was dropped off by my parents. <laughs> Damn. I got hurt, so they were gonna make me do something. And I ended up working at Rudy Subs and Pizza two eighty six. How you doing? Keep it moving. <laughs> nice. Two week stint, but then, you know, that, I've never weeks. done the interview. I, I always wonder like what could that interview be like? And how could one go bad? You're just not good at talking to yes. somebody. You're not answering the questions properly that they want. What I mean, is- I guess, I guess if there are 
been problems and like, you know, I'm not sure how many problems the Chiefs have had, honestly, but if there have been problems, maybe you get defensive or you can't articulate or I, I have no idea. I, We're I, not saying about I, the enemy. I'm not talking about the enemy, by the way. I'm talking about as a whole, whenever people no, I say like it's. I, I mean, I, these guys do this for a living. And, you know, when you talk to someone who is like so entrenched in this, they can speak the language and they could just do it forever. Like I could probably talk about dorky reporting stuff forever. So if like I was interviewed on this, like how sure. long do you need, you know, like, but so, so I've, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe they run out of answers. Like I would like at some point to really sit in on one of these interviews just so I get a real understanding for like what it would mean to be good or bad. But I, I assume that will never happen. Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll let you in there, especially yeah. with how boozed up you get yeah, all the wow. time. Lose lips, sinking ships. It's like a rap board in here. I mean, geez, Louise. Uh, go ahead, Ty. Rap sheet, how did the uh, Rich Basaccia going to the Packers come about? I think I, you know, most Packers fans, when they saw the report that he was interested, thought it was just bullshit. And then he was interviewing with the Bears and he had the head coaching interview with the Jaguars. Uh, how did that come to be? Uh, this has kind of been in the works for a couple of days and he did have some opportunities. I, I mean, he was a real candidate in Jacksonville. I'm not going to say I thought he was going to get it, but I know that they really considered him. And, you know, it's interesting. Cause like the, you know, the Packers, I think obviously they needed a little bit better special teams. He is a very good one. He also is besides being a great guy, he's a really good leader. And I think some maybe of the reason why the Packers hired him was like, we want just want this human in the building. Like he apparently gives great speeches again, something I would probably never listen to, but um, <laughs> gives great speeches, very dynamic players. Love him. The reaction from the Vegas players when they realized he wouldn't be their head coach was like, you know, I think they're excited about Josh McDaniels, but like they like this guy. They were, they were for Rich Passaccia. <laughs> so he'll bring the special team stuff to the Packers, but I think he'll bring himself too, which is probably just as important. I don't know. Josh McDaniels. As a human, never met him. But I assume he and Richie Basaccio are going to have a different level of how's your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah but Josh so. is still a good guy. That's, we know. don't know. He turned his plane around. Fair, his plane around. Yeah, That's so fair. I don't know if he's a good guy. He's also, I mean, I heard a story on uh, I Am Athlete or The Pivot. I forget which I am one. Athlete, I, think. I Am Athlete about how we was cheating. <laughs> we was cheating. We were filming other people's stuff, and then we started losing. I mean, so I don't know if the apple falls too, uh, falls too far from the tree up there in New England. What? And I would assume the players are like, we had this guy who would cuss us out of practice, but also write his handwritten letters. Yeah. And then we make the playoffs uh, against all the odds. Now we got the evil empire coming yeah. in here. Yeah. How's your family? I don't give a fuck. Okay, watch film. All right, <laughs> that's, that's right. But, hey, they'll win. They'll, they, they'll win. They always seem to win. Raiders. And, and- and to his own credit, Josh McDaniels addressed this at the press conference, basically saying, like, and people in the Broncos will attest to this, when he was in Denver, he was not good enough with people. So I think he has really oh, worked on this. And yeah, people get better at that type of stuff. That's right. He's Sometimes. grown. Yeah, especially when you go back to New England, which is known to be a big-time people culture. Well, he was at the Rams for a year. I didn't know that. Wasn't he? I think he was. Wasn't he OC at the Rams? Uh, when? Right. That seems right. In 2011, maybe. I think he was- had. Remember, he had a year after he was fired. Where he was not with the Patriots. Yeah, because OB was there. Really? OC for the Rams. Because yeah. OB was there. That's who was exactly the coach? Right. Who was the coach uh, for the Rams? Jeff Fisher, probably. Jeff Fisher, super player coach, super people. Mm-hmm. A lot of handshakes, good mustaches. All yeah. that What's stuff. Up? Isn't he a coach now of something? Michigan ah. Panthers. USFL. USFL. Oh, yeah, the XFL. Look out! Coming to Fox. Yeah, it was Spagnola. What's that? It was Spagnola. Spags, Stevie Spags. 
Okay. Oh, that yeah. probably helped him, right? Spags probably helped him out with humans. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah was that eleven years ago? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I'm sure. Spags, a lot. Spags, great guy. Yeah. So, hey, Josh McDaniels, eleven years, growing, obviously. Yeah. There you go. Him and Mac Jones seem to get along. Mac That's Jones right. won the Pro Bowl yesterday. Is there any thoughts of maybe changing that whole thing, or who controls that? The networks or the NFL? Uh, the NFL does. I mean, the fact that so many people watch it is like, I mean. It's, not it's good football and people love football, but like, more. I don't know. Like I, I watch some of it every year, um, but it is, it is certainly something. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's tough to put out on film and I don't blame the guys, by the way. I don't blame the players no. at all. There's a lot on the line for them in the future and in uh, this particular offseason professionally and personally, but man, I, them rolling that ball out there and that product out there, uh, I don't think it's good for the game. Good no, for I the think league. the skills competition was cool. Bingo! That's what, now, great, like the that. way they covered it, I mean, there's, yeah. we can uh, pick yeah. apart everything. We can right. pick apart everything, but I do enjoy the speed, the race, the dodgeball, the this, the that. Right. Let's, let's put bigger prizes on that. Let's go to a warm climate Ooh. too, maybe a warm, mm-hmm. a definite warm climate. And let's make that the entire celebration of players in their season. Because unlike every other all-star game that happens in the middle of seasons, this isn't a marketing for the rest of the season. This is just like kind of a celebration of our season. So And kind of like a build up to the Super Bowl kind of deal, I think. Well, you it's know? quite a every yeah. time. Yeah. It's a, I don't think it's good. I don't oh think that's God. a good thing for the Super Bowl, you know? What happened with Kamara? Doesn't sound good. Um, I actually was reading through the police report before I was talking to you guys. It's And, like, I've done this long enough where I know that just because the police say it in the report does not necessarily mean that is exactly what happened. Done this too many times. But what they are alleging is Kamara and his friends were at a club. Someone was trying to get on the elevator. Kamara put his hand on him. The man pushed it off, and then they beat him very badly um he's got a court hearing at 1:30 today vegas time uh charged with assault uh re- resulting in bodily harm it sounds not good um but again like i want to we still have to know a lot before we decide what happens but on its face it seems very bad for Kamara. yeah but there's cameras on everything right out there yeah and actually hold on i was actually looking through this stuff here the police kind of I don't know if you can see this. They kind of go through, like, they match tattoos and people's hands and, like, what tattoos Kamara allegedly has and where his, like, so they kind of go through it and have, Some like, extensive surveillance. What was this, after the game, before the game? It was before the game, but he was arrested after the game. Oh, so it's like whenever guys or girls have a performance somewhere and the cops show up at the concert and they're like, yeah, you can do the show, but immediately afterwards... You're coming, coming to jail. They, and it, you know, based on the police statement, they tracked him down. And I'm like, okay, well, he played in the game. It was probably in the locker room, so it's not like that hard to find. But did he get know, arrested out of the locker room? No, it wasn't at the locker room. It was after. But you know, I'm just, was on TV playing. It's not like he was hard to find. Had a couple good catches too. Yeah, yeah. Did. man, that's yeah. a shame. Hope everybody figures that out. That's sad to hear about. But I mean, Las Vegas having a Pro Bowl there. I mean, I understand it's awesome city and everything like that but boy i hope everybody's okay go ahead tone uh ian in a very gen z gamer type face clan move kyler murray deleted all the arizona cardinal stuff from his instagram what's face clan taking shots yeah. i mean this game up, this gamer generation dude uh does that mean he's gonna be playing baseball or strictly face clan for the rest of his career is he done with the cardinals uh I would not say he's done with the Cardinals. I need to investigate more as far as why he deleted all his social media. It feels like every time we do this, uh, it either means a lot or absolutely nothing. 
Um, well, thanks. So I really need to find out which one of these things it is. I don't know why he would be upset with the Cardinals. I mean, Cliff is his guy. Um, obviously, they're moving forward with him. Uh, I don't think he's playing baseball, though. If he did, he'd probably be very good at it. He's a great athlete. Uh, I will do more digging for you guys okay. as far as the social media situation and Kyler Murray. Okay, we appreciate you doing that. Thank you for going through the entire police report that has photos and zoom-ins. Yeah. That happened yeah. in, what, 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Wild. They were dialed in on this thing. Around. Hope the guy's okay. S- severe bodily damage is what it says? Uh, a fractured orbital bone. Hey. Ooh. Yeah, that. Eye socket. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. Oh, uh, no. And he's alleging that he just tried to get on an elevator? Uh, they, that is how the police kind of pieced it together, based on interviews with him and a couple other people who are present and the su- surveillance camera. Golly. I always assumed that something had to have happened. But all the cameras on it will obviously tell the entire story. Uh, it's right. a shame that this is what's coming out of the Pro Bowl. But we got Super Bowl week. Hope everybody's okay. Mm-hmm. Let's look ahead. We will chat with you later this week. We can't thank you enough for joining us from that green room back there, Bow. All right. Always fun, guys. I'm going to go back to staring at myself on four different, uh, <laughs> four different monitors. Hey, that place is much nicer than Culver City, huh? Oh, yeah. It's pretty swanky. Maybe <laughs> come visit. I'll tour you around. I don't know where anything is, though, but I'll tour you around anyway. Oh, oh me and the boys? No, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, you oh, son of a bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. <laughs> Remember that although we promoted for weeks, the fans will be able to come see us live from the convention center in L.A. One of the main reasons we were going out there was to see people and be in front of an audience. There is no fans allowed in the convention center Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday during the times that we are live. Yeah. Only on Thursday and Friday from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m., which makes no sense at all for a radio row to have live fans at that time. So we will go live Thursday, 4 p.m. local, 7 p.m. Eastern. Big surprise big show it'll be an extra after hours in which we'll give away stuff and have a good time hopefully in front of some people that watch this show on a daily basis we'll be also live on saturday night vandal has a massive event going on we get to play host to that cannot wait for that thing to be a part of it and we'll stream live during the super bowl uh, because it's the last chance we get a chance to gamble on a sport that we know and understand, and hopefully we take FanDuel for every dollar that they have. Yeah. Hell oh, yeah. We're gonna. You remember that one last year you put together. I had a $25,000 mm-hmm. parlay last year. That was only 500 Yeah. Think about it if, you know. So I'm putting forty grand on the coin toss. Yep. I'm putting about ten grand on the risk free same game parlay mm. that we're gonna be able to put together. I don't think all ten thousand will be a risk free for me. Sure. But that is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and then there's another fifty grand I'm gonna be doing in live bets. I hope people watch along alongside of us for the Super Bowl. And I'll be taking all types of information on bets and such from the boys. That's right. Absolutely. Now we'll be getting back at like six AM Sunday morning after we head out from LA on Saturday night, but we'll have a lot of energy and juice wrapping up this Longest and biggest NFL season of all time. Oh, yeah. No, I can't wait. Yeah. And Monday. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Surprise yeah. Monday. Yeah. Huge surprise guest. Uh-huh. Should be easy going right into the stream, too, after you hit the coin toss, and then, exactly. boom, we're, you're already up 40K, and it's like, all right, now nah, let's just let's enjoy the rest Crazy. of the night. Yeah. There's no way you lose two in a row. No, no way. way. No way. Can't happen. You know, happen. I'm putting yeah. 10 grand more on it, actually, than Bingo. I did last year because if you lose last year, you're going to win this year. That's yeah. the way it works. You know which side you're going to? Tails. Yeah, have to. Yeah. 
Tails. And you say you're live betting fifty grand, but once you get that forty grand back plus the what thirty nine grand that you're going to win from the bet, there's a chance you live bet one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Which means there's a chance we win millions. You could win. Oh my god! Yeah, you win fifty million dollars on Sunday. The last game. Fifty. <sighs> Think about that. Oh my god, we could. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh huh. We that could happen. Yeah. That's what the soup. That's what the big game's all about. That's right. Yeah. Big game. That's what the big, big game, game is all about. Uh, there is some news. Mike McDaniel's hired as the head coach of the uh, Miami Dolphins. He's from the San Francisco 49ers. Congrats to him. Hey, yeah, Smith, the new head coach of the Houston Texans. That'll be announced within the next 24 hours. Congrats to Lovey Smith. Baby Lovey. Gus Bradley has been hired as the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. And although we covered Mike McDaniels already today and we covered Lovey Smith today, we have not talked about Gus Bradley being the new defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. This is, I assume, a highly sought-after job for the defensive minds around the NFL. Eberflus goes and becomes the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Who's going to take over this defense that is absolutely dominant and not to be blamed for the colossal collapse? Nope. The colossal collapse <laughs> cool. down yeah. in Clontown. Yeah. Oh. Colossal collapse in Clontown was nowhere near on the defensive side of the ball's fault at all. Eberflus leaves. There's a bunch of dogs. There's a lot of contracts, and there's a great defense that flies around and is ready to work that was looking for a new coordinator. Gus Bradley, former head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. former defensive coordinator. Last stop was at the Rams. Raiders. Raiders. Okay. Now he is stopping by the Indianapolis Colts. I got a chance to meet this guy pregame one up when he was a head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Always super nice. All of his players loved him. I assume this is going to be a match made in heaven here in Indianapolis. Congrats, Gus, and welcome to Indy. Yeah, baby, yeah, Gus. Was he with the Rams? Chargers? Chargers. Chargers. He was in LA. He was with the Raiders last season, the Chargers before that. Everybody loves him, from what I've been told. And yeah. he was the Seahawks DB coordinator, they, I think, with like the Legion of Boom, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, he's beloved mm-hmm. by everybody. And I think this defense for the Colts is a good one. Yeah. They got absolute dogs. Dumb. Not just you know DeForest Buckner and what? Darius Leonard and what? Kenny Moore, but what? you look around that entire defense. They got guys. Now they're just going to need to continue to fly around and hope the offensive side holds up their end of the bargain. That'd be great. <laughs> Uh, but welcome to Indy Gus. Yeah, it's pretty insane that the Colts are truly a quarterback away from being legitimate contenders. Like, that's probably the best defense that any job, right, for this yes. entire offseason for anybody. You get you have studs at every single level, and if they can just get a guy that can just do that 25 to 40 times a game, then... And not check out of it. And not right. check out of it. When those rumors were starting to circulate around Indianapolis, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Carson Wentz run from welcome to the city to full heel. Yeah. yeah. Whenever there was rumors, and we don't know if it's true or not, by the way. Yeah. So I, I think the Colts should maybe get ahead of that and say Carson wasn't checking out of runs so that he could throw the ball and get into a rhythm. But everybody in Indy knows that the guy in the backfield's a guy. Yeah. Everybody in Indy knows that the offensive line, even though they did not show up in Clonton, the offensive line did not have a great performance in Clontown. That's where it goes through, and if the defense can continue to be great, that'd be very, very, very good news. Other news around the NFL, Rich Basaccia, now the uh, special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. All right! The man went from uh, being Italian-American special teams coordinator 
for the Las Vegas Raiders to head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders in the middle of a lot of controversy. It guided them to the playoffs, wrote handwritten letters to every player, had every single player and staff member in Las Vegas come out and say, we love this man. He had an interview for a head coaching job, I believe, in Jacksonville mm -hmm. or New Orleans. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Was able to lead a group of men in beautiful fashion. He is now heading back to his special teams coordinator position in a team that is desperately in need of some good special teams play, the Green Bay Packers. You got to love having another head coach on the roster over there, Ty. Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't pretend to know the intricacies of his X's and O's and like how good of a, you know, in-game coach he is special teams wise, but you coach in the NFL for that long. Everyone's talked about how well respected he is. And LaFleur's a great coach, but he's still a young guy. So having, you know, kind of like an elder statesman in there to maybe, I don't know, help like bring him along a little bit. What's not to love about it? If you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter. Well, no, right. absolutely. I, anytime we're talking about the Packers, I am operating under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Because you're right. If he's not there, then it doesn't fucking matter. You they can have got great special Sasha. teams. Yeah. If you don't have anybody that can move the ball or an offense that works, it does not matter in the NFL. Jordo can play. J-Lo. Yeah. So yeah. A-Rod and J-Lo over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. They got you know Aaron Jones and Devontae. So if Devontae. Kurt Benkert. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he is damn good at Madden, too. That cannot get lost in this. He's stud? Yeah, he, he's, he can play. He's a professional gamer, right? Kurt yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Streamer? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stud? Very good. Glue guy in the locker room, I believe. Yep, mm -hmm. his first year there, but he was a glue guy. He can punt as well. The guy can bomb mm -hmm. punt. Think about that. Great quarterback. Maybe he'll be in competition for the starting role if Aaron Rodgers goes to Cleveland because he was in Ohio this weekend mm -hmm. hanging out with some random woman. Yeah, he's not going to Cleveland, but, <laughs> well, you know, well, hey, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he does. I doubt it, but maybe he does. Uh, congrats on the Packers having to pay a special teams coordinator as well. Are they going to yeah. invest in special teams? You know, as opposed to the way that they set up their roster construction where it's really high end and then everybody that you need on special teams is basically in and out within the week or within the two weeks. Does that change with a new guy at the helm? Maybe we shall see. Yeah, we'll see, although I doubt it. They typically don't do that. Well, so. there's a couple different roster constructors around the NFL in which they spend all their money at the top and they just expect the special teams to be good you get a good kicker you get a good punter normally you can get through that entire thing but in lambo you can't expect perfection from bojo or crosby and you're gonna have to cover a kick at some point and when everybody else has people getting paid to cover kicks and you have people just surviving to cover kicks <laughs> it's a much different game but it has come back to bite the Packers in the ass numerous different times. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder if that was just like the, hey, listen, we can't just kind of do the same thing we've been doing for the last 10 to 15 years where it's like they hire a guy, okay, he comes in, there's somewhat, there's a little fanfare, the special teams is horrible, they fire the guy, and they've just kind of been doing that on repeat for 12 to 15 years, it seems like. So, hey, maybe, you know, you get a guy who is a guy, has done it for a really long time. Maybe they're finally addressing it and realizing, like, hey, we can't let special teams be the demise of this team anymore. And I don't know if Passaccia is over there doing any kicking clinics, but A.J. Cole, Pro Bowler, oh. and Carlson hit a bunch of game yeah, winners. Yeah, mm -hmm. So maybe Mason and Bojo have their best seasons yet with Passaccia around. How's your family? How's your punts? They're going to need to be good or we're going to run you the fuck out of here. Yeah, absolutely. I think it can't get worse. Yeah, it was true. bad. No, dude. terrible. And I think a lot of people were saying there's a good chance that you have a new punter, new kicker, new snapper next year anyway. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Mason, probably okay. Well, they're saying he could be a cap casualty. 
Yeah, with McPherson's success, why would wouldn't you maybe zero in on somebody during the draft? So you you do have you go do the research. Oh, I mean, I'm not doing go do the numbers and the stats. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Right. Yeah, you get a new snapper, new punter. That might be a completely different Mason. Mason might be done as well, or take a little bit of a restructured contract because he yeah. understands the situation. Could there. get a situation with the kick of the Patriots drafted. Yeah, Roar Wasser who is still working for it. And, you know, they actually brought in Nordine last year. I believe Roar Wasser is currently a very successful yeah, There's a lot of kickers that don't pan out. Yeah. yeah. A lot of kickers. I mean, Aguayo was a second-round pick. Right? There's a lot of kickers that don't pan out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get McPherson is a stud. But if you can find a kicker with McPherson's mindset, you should draft him immediately. I'm not sure you're going to find too many aliens like McPherson coming through the draft in the next few years. Do you think the San Diego State dude who did all well, three? Riza. Yeah, do you think he'll do all three in the NFL too? No. Uh, just punt, really. uh, Yeah, he'll punt, I think. Okay. Maybe kick off. Mm-hmm. Punt and kick off. Maybe he'll kick. I don't know. He is a different animal. That guy has a massive leg. I think he'll definitely punt. Jordan Stott out of uh, Penn State. Mm-hmm. He'll be a punter in the league, too. He had a 75-yard ball in the senior bowl. Yeah. That isn't easy in the senior bowl either. I think those balls are relatively brand new. I think there's a lot of punters that are coming in. I don't know about the kicking world. Yeah. McPherson, though, everybody kind of tagged for a long time. Like, hey, this guy. This guy's a guy. Mm-hmm. This guy's a guy. Hopefully there'll be more, but I don't I don't know how often a McPherson comes around that you need to draft. With that being said, you move on from Mason, you might be looking for a while. Yeah. yeah. Happened sure. with the Steelers. Yeah. When Sweezum got hurt on a tackle in the Hall of Fame game, Sweezum. they brought in a bunch of kickers. Had a Scobie in there at one point. Yep. He did not perform well there. Well, that happens. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I wonder why. Has he ever talked about it? Scobie's like one of our friends. I don't know if he's ever talked about why he thinks it didn't work in Pittsburgh. No, then got lucky with Boz. Yeah, then Boz came along out of Rice and just tore it up. The kicking department is, I mean, that is. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well just do one of these. Oh, I guess it's going to mm-hmm. fucking work. <laughs> I mean, Patriots had two guys for 20 years, and then they've basically been, you know, testing Folk damn near every week against somebody, and he's just, I mean, he's delivered. He's been unbelievable. Yeah, the folklore is awesome. He's older as well. It yeah. doesn't have as big mm-hmm. a ball. You guys are going to have to move on at some point. You might have to hit the carousel, but hopefully new kickers will come through in big ways. Who's that baseball prospect that I saw kick a 50-yarder uh, oh. this uh, this weekend? Number one prospect in the world. I saw you tweeted. I did not know his name. Yeah, I didn't know his name either. Jet Passon texted me about him, said, hey, this guy hits bombs. Like, he is an absolute stud. Yeah, he kicked a 50-yard field goal. Had a little stutter step, a little bit longer approach and all that. I responded to him. I let him know that we have no idea when your league's coming back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a chance your league never comes back. Maybe put the bat down, keep kicking the balls, hit from 50. I assume you can work on a little bit of the dial-in technique. Don't know if you're going to make it ever, but at least you know that what you're working towards is a league that does exist, unlike the MLB. Bobby Witt Jr., I believe. Hey, Bobby Witt Jr. hits bombs and kicks bombs. Hell of a name. And Bobby, I appreciate what you did kicking that 50-yard field goal, pal. You look very good. A lot of people are going to come after you for, you know, they're they're not being in any rush and you taking forever. Are you going to book 11 people to run in your face? (laughs) That's not on you, Bobby. But what I will say, your league's probably dead, so... USFL, XFL, AFL, CFL, MFL, NFL. I mean, there's a lot of this. Something to consider. Something to think about Bobby Witt Jr. The pay is going to be drastically less than hitting bombs in the MLB. But the good thing about it, MLB doesn't exist. So you're going to get paid actually more than what you'd make in a league that doesn't exist, kicking balls and maybe uh, the XCFL, the MCFL, the entire thing. Just something to think about Bobby Wood Jr. Uh, In other sports that we don't know much about, but we should talk about, Jordan Spieth almost died this weekend. Oh, Oh, my God. I love Jordan Spieth says, hey, 
I'm going to go get that gator's head, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got your eye or he got your arms. I'm going to go get his entire head like Happy Gilmore did mm -hmm. for old Chubbs. Mm -hmm. The fact that he danced with this 70-foot cliff to hit a shot, a golf shot, just one slip, one sneeze, one slip. We see a dead Jordan Spieth live from a helicopter aerial cam. He obviously hits it, makes good contact, survives. We appreciate you for putting your life in danger to make a good time shot or a big time shot. But his left foot is sitting on grass that probably within the next five years is going to wither away oh, yeah. at any given moment. We appreciate you, Jordan. Yeah. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks for your sacrifice, Jordan. Jordan was willing to die for yeah. that pro end. Yeah. Right. He ran backwards pretty quickly after that shot. Smart. And I, I, I assume he had a lot of weight on his he back did. foot as opposed to his front foot. But I was just thinking, you know, there's been times where you're standing on like the edge of a sand trap or something like that, and you just turn a little bit, and then who's going to catch you? Nobody. Unless you got great core. I don't know. My palms started sweating whenever they were zooming in. I was actually yeah. watching it live, and I started like getting uncomfortable, like palms sweating. And then he hits the shot, and he goes, get down. He's like watching the shot. I'm like, Jordan. Get the fuck away from that cliff. Who cares where that ball yeah. goes? Did it go down the cliff? No. Did you die? No. Get your ass back and walk around that thing, pal. Well, and I couldn't tell. At first, when I was looking at it, I was like, is that dirt or is that just like the face of a cliff where, you know, if he falls down and it's dirt, maybe his cleats get stuck and he doesn't tumble all the way down. But if that is an actual cliff, you're right. He's dead immediately. Dead. I it was it was it was almost like a bizarro world. Like they're not really showing this on TV. Like they they have no idea. There's a good chance that he yeah. does slip and fall down this. So thing. I watch you know those talent shows and mm. somebody does some death defying stunt. I'm like, oh, they're not going to die because they're on TV. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, of course. To your point, watching him do, it, I'm like, he's no fucking cliff expert. This guy, no. Is he is he reading the land to see if it's going to give out from underneath him? No, he's fucking Jordan Spieth. What? What? Why is this hat? It must have been safer in real life than what we are imagining. No, his caddy know. told him, "Do not, do not hit the shot." His caddy was against it. Jordan said, "Listen, I ain't no bitch, dude." <laughs> Michael, yeah. my, Michael, shut up. you want to go back to teaching math? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jordan, dude. Thank you, Jordan. I mean, real ballers would have got it on the green, yeah. but. Yeah. At least you didn't die. He yeah, finished sure. second place. Yeah. So, oh, man. It was close. Maybe you hit that shot a little better, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. Bill Murray, the no-look burial. That, that was, was pretty classic. classic. That, was, that was beautiful. Yeah. He had a couple great moments this weekend. I feel like that's what Bill does, right? Yeah, he shows oh, up yeah. at everything and just has a couple great moments. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's like his thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's been golfing since Caddyshack. And I saw Josh Allen throw the club down. I don't need this club. I'm going to throw this thing not only over the tree. They were acting as if he threw that on the fucking green. It was like 75 <laughs> yards away. Yeah, yeah, I thought I, so too. I don't know what happened to the rest of that ball, yeah. but I was just watching the shot, you know, where he's doing his little warm-up thing, puts it down and throws it. I'm like, oh, he threw it up over the tree, and then people are like, go. I'm like, I thought he made it. He threw this to the green. <laughs> yeah. That was a haul. Like, he had to throw that thing. Like, it looked like 50, 60 yards. Yeah. yeah. Not as easy to throw a little tiny no, golf ball no, by the way. Elbows. Yeah, because the amount of whip you got to get on that. He got over the tree, though, and then he did walk off. So they are playing it like it lies there. That's right. The throw counts. Throw goes, dude. 
That was amazing. That was great arm talent by Josh Allen. It was a pretty good tournament this weekend. It was. It had some moments. It was it was tough to watch that because, you know, the Olympics were on. Sure. Exactly. And the Pro Bowl Super Skills Showdown and the NHL All-Star Game and mm-hmm. some festivities were happening. And we're staring down the offseason right now. We got a chance to dabble in it this past weekend. Mm. Not fantastic. No. I got a chance to watch some documentaries and some shows. Nice. Okay. Pretty Anything excited good? about that. Anything of note? So I tried to Tinder Swindler. He's just like, what, a billionaire catfish who's an asshole? Yeah, pretty much. That's Never. what I got from it as well. Do not make it all the way through it was very bored let's get to it they were doing a lot of lead up and i, I feel like i kind of caught the entire thing that guy's an asshole uh-huh. uh, uh it is a documentary called the tinder swindler was that it, it was two hours long and they didn't get to it it seemed like i tried for the first 20 and they weren't even into it yet and i'm like all right i'm just gonna read the cliff notes version of what mm-hmm. happened and act like i watched it fucked up obviously anytime anybody catfishes anybody the internet has let their jokes fly though uh-huh. the internet has let their jokes fly about you know, what people are willing to do to potentially date a very, very, very rich person, yeah. which is also a downside of that whole thing. The puppet master was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was about a psychopath over there in England Great. who has been acting like an MI5 agent for like the last 40 years, still on the run doing his thing right now. That was awesome. Uh, the after party with Tiffany Haddish, Dave Franco. How was it? I watched the five episodes that are available. It was pretty funny. Pretty good. Okay. okay. Pretty, pretty good. There's a character in there named Anik. Uh, he was very funny. Very, very. He's ca- kind of the main character through a lot of it. Had no idea he existed before this show. He was good. Hmm. Tiffany Haddish as a detective was good. And then I'm bouncing around. I saw all five episodes. There's a lot of different ways that thing could go. Okay. Really? It is a murder mystery. Ten episodes total? Ah, uh, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it. They release one every oh, Friday. That Anik guy. He's very funny guy. Very funny. Yeah, he... I did not know he existed. Fucking hilarious human being. He's in Veep. He's very funny in Veep. Very good delivery. Mm-hmm. Very, very good delivery. Mm-hmm. Good show. Good show. Yeah. It's an Apple show, so they're putting a lot right. into it. Yeah, probably Apple crushes. Uh, Murderville, you said you watched yeah, it, Mur- Murderville's pretty good. Great concept. Marshawn Lynch, there's a cameo every episode. Uh, Will Arnett's basically the same thing. Murder detective. They're trying to get the cameo star to break. They don't have a script, really. Arnett does. Uh, it's a very good show. Great So concept. what's the concept again? So Marshawn Lynch goes in there. Yeah, so every, He doesn't know what the show's supposed to do. No. Every episode has a different star as like the guest detective and will arnett is the main detective he basically they go through a uh and solve a homicide case essentially and i think the first one's conan o'brien i didn't watch that one i went right to marshawn episode two there's a few other stars littered throughout it it's really good good concept can't wait to watch yeah it. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's good and then the olympics were happening mm-hmm. and you know you had skiers taking big time jumps in the middle of steel mills yep. i just Insane. saw that picture there's like seven. Dude, there's like that, not that photo. Obviously. I just sent in a couple. I was like, are you, it's in the middle of a, a nuclear wasteland. Yeah. Bro, Insane. each shot has seven different smokestacks basically coming out of these mills and everything like that. They're like, oh, this is a retired steel mill. I don't think so. Doubt it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. You, I mean, this is, oh, come on. The bottom one is, this is from the jump. Yeah. There are, yeah. This is from the bottom of the jump, I think. But there's two, four there. Then there's two little ones. And this was not a, an angle that I've seen. They get a shot from the top, actually, where they're eye to eye at the top of the smokestacks. Yeah. The bottom of that picture that he showed is a picture from like a mile away and you can see just the, if, if you zoom in, you can see just the snow. Like, Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. It is very crazy what's going on over there, but our athletes deserve a little bit of love. That's yeah. right. And I understand everybody is up in arms about the way things are going in the world and I can appreciate that. And I haven't done enough research, so I don't know, but I'm assuming a lot of people fucked up. 
Okay, oh, a lot yeah. of people are doing fucked up stuff. Our athletes, though, have literally dedicated every day of their lives in an attempt to get to this moment, to get to these games, to compete against the world, not getting paid a damn thing, not knowing if they were going to qualify. And now they have the added pressures of potentially testing positive for something, yeah. not feeling any symptoms at all, and missing the event mm. that they had dedicated their entire life for while traveling into a country that everybody's pissed off about, and also eating the same exact meal, I guess, three times a day. Yeah. Standing in, in tiny little thing. I mean, it's just, I, I hope the athletes understand that I and we appreciate and respect the amount of effort they have had to give to get to this moment in their life. And we wish that they could all make another Olympics that will maybe get heralded as something awesome for them. And I just hope that they actually do give us something to cheer about. Because like we said, a lot of these times you're going to these events and guess what? There ain't a fucking American to be found anywhere in them. What did happen? Can we get a couple, you know, people in the stars and stripes on the podium for Christ's sake? Well, we have. There's been a couple Americans uh-huh. that are performing, that are uh, competing for China. Yeah, can't have China. that. Well, it's happening. Yeah, it's tough. We need to nip that in the bud right now. There's there was an, some. There's an 18 year old girl skier who's being tagged as like the face of the thing. They were saying this girl, she wants to compete with the men in this, like, and she's the best in the world regardless of sex. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, she's very proud of representing China. And then as she was going down, oh, she's from San Francisco, and yeah. she speaks, she's representing China. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. China's calling her the face of the Winter Olympics. Mm. Not great. Something, um, something, oh, I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to get the name wrong. I don't want to get the name wrong. I already got the uh, Camellia. Uh-huh. Uh, tough to pronounce. Yeah. We can't have any Susan Smiths competing for There isn't China. any Susan Smiths. No, th- she, her mom is from Beijing. Her dad is from San Francisco, I think. Okay. She grew up in California, and she is very good at the ski uh, mogul flip thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. No, or maybe the big freestyle skin. I don't know what she does. She does something where she's very, very, very talented. Freestyle, half pipe, slope style, big air. What's her name? Uh, either Eileen Ju or Ju. Goo. Eileen Goo. Goo. Eileen Goo. Eileen Goo is <laughs> G U. Okay. okay. I don't okay. know how Tony got got that, but Eileen Eileen Goo is her on. name. I don't know the rules. She's representing China, but she's very good. She's good at like everything, and she's from America. She's not representing America. Do though. we not have like someone else that's we, representing we America that might beat Eileen? We do, I assume. But the way they were talking, yeah. Like, hey, Eileen's the Eileen's the. What's her name? Michaela Schiffer? Nope. Uh, Michaela got screwed over in this entire she thing, too. Did. They're not able to test these big-ass mountains, but she wasn't even allowed to test it out. I assume Michaela, yeah. who's the best of all time and is a perfectionist, would like to try out the track mm-hmm. before she gets tossed in there for the Olympics. Yeah, you'd think. This Chloe is a bunch. What's that? Oh, yeah. Kim. She's snowboarding. Snowboard, though. Different event. Eileen Goo is a, a skier. Speaking of, they better let Chloe Kim and Sean White test the track. Like they Hell can't yeah. be doing that for the borders. I think. I think they are. I think there's a big thing about practice time and when they can, when they can't. There was an entire mountain shutdown for like six, seven hours because of the wind. Yeah, I can't. That was happening, and then the COVID restraints on when you're allowed to be there, when you're not allowed to be there. There was um, uh, Jalen. What was it? Jalen Cough. Cough. Jalen Cough, uh, women's mogul, silver medalist. Yeah. 
she did an interview afterwards with her family. She had to have the mask on or whatever. Her family was like, can we see you smile in the Zoom call? And she put it down. Yeah, big pop. Nice. But I thought they were potentially going to kick her off TV immediately for mm-hmm. even yeah. thinking about doing that. That's a sport you watch and your knees start to hurt. I, Bad. I, I don't know how they can do that. Bad. They toss themselves. It's <laughs> insane. And, and their feet are so close to each other. Well, I thought, they're supposed to be. Yeah, they that's how you get judged. Part of the points. And in part of the points there, it's like 60% um, 60 on your style of your jumps or something like that, Yeah, 20% on your time, and then 20% on something else, the way they break it all down in the judgment. I can get captivated and mesmerized oh, by yeah. the moguls yeah. pretty quickly because oh, yeah. the, the, the way they have those pants drawn, yeah. so too, they, it's you like can, d- 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 you can kind of see. Yeah, the Aussie came in and broke Jalen's. Jalen Goff's heart there. Yeah, she's fine. The, 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 the losers, too, by the way. Mm. There was a time where the losers on their fourth run, I don't know if they didn't get to test it out either. On their fourth run, each person that went became the next gold medalist. So it was like, this person went, oh, he's in first place. He might medal or whatever. I'm like, might medal? I'm seeing all these people fall off track or whatever. Next person comes in first place. 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 The the USA guy was in first or second at one point late in this entire thing. Yeah. He ended up in like eighth or ninth because the way everybody just kind of came. Jesus. And congrats to Germany winning the men's loose for the first yeah. time. Did the Jamaica bobsled team go yet? Uh, I've not seen the bobsledders yet. I don't think they've oh. started. Luge looks simple. Mm-hmm. Just lay yeah. down and let. The- That's gonna. I'm gonna get attacked by the luge community. But as somebody who grew up in a hilly town with a lot of snow, yeah. I feel like I've been sledding a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks like. I don't, the only thing I got is a bad body build, so I don't know if I can look down. You know, I don't know if I can <laughs> see. Well, skeleton maybe. Past the- Skeleton, I'm not think. I'm not in on the no. head first thing. That seems to be a little bit sketchy. There. Yeah, but the luge. They got little pricks on the fingers, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and they do the the yep. thing, yeah. and then they put the hands inside the sled. Is that steering in the thing? I think so. Or is it their legs that I are think doing it's both, the maybe? Because I I think my body's too fat to maybe see past it. Mm-hmm. But that looked like a good t- the luge looked like a good time. In the United States, until our guy came in like second and then got run off the podium quickly at the end. There, we were having bad performances. Oh, no. Bad. Ooh. Can't have it. And I was like, yeah, does nobody fucking slide down hills? What, what are we even doing here? I guess it's probably dip more difficult than I'm giving it credit for, but that looked like that'd be a pretty good time. Was oh, no. <laughs> that luge is is tough. See, not as tough as this. Was, Jeez, was the luge the one a couple years ago in the Winter Olympics <laughs> where they had the live footage of the guy dying uh-huh. in the time trials? That could be why not a lot of people are doing the luge. Yeah, and the, I nice. guess you can't get launched off of the track because in a luge there's no um, there's no tracks. Right. No. So oh, I guess yeah. in the skeleton, which is the head first one, and the bobsled, there's tracks, I guess, that you can try to get in. The luge, they're up around the whole thing. Yeah, yeah that was good. Maybe I don't want to do that. No. Bobsled, I don't want though. this thing spilling all over me either. <laughs> If you do want to do something, I can tell you the next Winter Olympics is probably going to be one of the greatest Winter Olympics of all time. Where's it at? It's in Milan, Italy. Heard of it? Nice. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I'm from... uh, Hey, you're by there. uh, Calabria. Uh, Not Calabria. It's not Calabria. Well, when I I was growing up, (laughs) that's the way we always called it. Yeah. (laughs) There was some scumbag in the Canadian media saying that women's hockey should not be an Olympic sport. I disagree completely. I watched them beat the fuck out of Switzerland. That's why. Her argument was that Canada and the U.S. are too good and the rest of the country stink and they shouldn't make it an event anymore. Oh, that's I love that. That's just like whenever teams that win 90 to 5, the team that scores 90 is 
punished and not the fucking losers that scored five. Yeah. Torture. Listen, I understand there's sportsmanship and camaraderie, but do we not get the equal amount of time to prepare and get good? And are they keeping score or not? Are we breaking the rules or are we just playing by the rules and you guys stink at it? I understand that there is sportsmanship, okay? And there's growth and all that, but those motherfuckers that scored five, they can quit at any time, right? They can tap out and say mm-hmm. this thing's yeah. over. I don't think we're making it past seven points, the coach can say, and let's go ahead and get out of here. I don't like whenever the winners who have worked their asses off to get to the position there and automatically get buried for it. It's like, how is that their fault? How is this their fault? The United States women's hockey team, electrifying to watch. Yeah. Big time hits. As soon as I turned it on the other day, one of our ladies was getting taken out from behind. And then all of a sudden into the sin bin they go and we did capitalize. Of course. Tuesday night, 11 p.m. Eastern time, they do play Canada. Oh, I'll be a real shame that media lady has to watch the boo-hoo come out of the fucking Canadian army. Oh, no, wait, that's tonight. Tomorrow. Tonight or tomorrow? Is it local Tuesday or Tuesday in Beijing, 11, 10 p.m. Eastern Monday. Oh, so it is tonight. Tonight at 8 p.m. So okay. local I think we'll time. be able to make it. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget Penguins Five. Bruins at 4 p.m. Pacific tomorrow, lads. Ooh, you guys are so screwed. Holy shit. Sports on at 4 p.m.? Well, it's over there in L.A. Yeah. Starts at 7. Stupid. Listen, we are East Coast babies, mm-hmm. and we currently are still in the East Coast time frame, and uh-huh. East Coast bias does live. It does. Yeah. And we don't like it. We apologize. We wish we could stay up all hours of the night and care. Can't. But we're going to experience what life is like watching matinees Can't for primetime games. That's right. Yeah. And then what do you do afterwards? Just go to bed? I don't know. Throw Read on a, a show. No, you get all cushed up. Yeah, and then go to bed. Mm-hmm. There it is. Well, I feel like I'll probably be uh, that all day. The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair. I was like on the Bustin' with the Boys episode. Will said, I can't believe I got you on here and you're high or whatever. It was like, wouldn't have been on here if I wasn't. <laughs> what are we even what are we even talking about? Tennessee legal state, obviously. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. yeah. Shout like, out Indiana, Tennessee. Indiana, only do it in the states where it's legal or whatever. All right. That's the show. Can't thank you guys enough for watching, listening, spending your time with us. We appreciate the hell out of all of you. Once again, we will be in L.A. all week starting tomorrow through Saturday. Should be a good time. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers.